1: Hey guys, I'm Sy. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode 104. We're live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, also your home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So uh, give us a follow on social media, subscribe to that YouTube channel. That's the uh, most direct way to support us uh, at the moment. And uh, you can also find the audio versions at uh, the usual radio and podcast platforms. Just search Ace Podcast Nation. And, of course, if you want to keep it purely football, then follow at AC Footy Show on uh, all the social media platforms. And uh, then you just get the football stuff. But uh, all the episodes go through Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, just as we do wait for those various platforms and the chats to, uh, to fill up, uh, a big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as ever for the, all their support around the show and indeed the channel. You can check out their uh, social media pages, links in the description. And of course, their lovely, lovely website, which is also linked in the description and the closing credits. But um, today's sponsor is uh, none other than Bespoke Financial and uh, Darren Ralston of Bespoke Financial, currently giving away a free will with £140 with any new policy which is taken out uh, and I encourage you all to check them out, give them a call, see if they've uh, got something for you uh, in these crazy times that we are living in. I think uh, things like Cover and that are more vital than ever. And it's, a, it's an amazing offer. And um, like I said before, we are uh, very, very privileged to uh, partner up with such a top craft brand. They are uh, truly top of their field and they provide award-winning service. Uh, so check them out. And they've been looking after Mr. Campbell, of course. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll play a little video from them a bit later on in the show when we have a little break. But uh, with no further ado, because the comments are flooding in already, uh, I would like to introduce the goal collector, the fox in the box. He is still the king of the Millennium Stadium, the QPR dream killer, David Jones' favorite son, ex Card City, Middlesbrough striker, the speed demon, the goal machine. Mr. Andrew Campbell, how goes it, my friend? It
2: no, gets better each week, doesn't it? It's just the intro <laughs> just gets better and better. Um, I like I'm, day, I'm good. Day. Yeah, I'm good. This is uh, this is personal, to Dale. This is this. I'm really looking forward to this because I, I'm 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 really excited to dig even deeper into um, into our guest and uh, and just see, just let everybody see what kind of uh, what unbelievable person that I know. You know what I mean? Because this this guest, the guest our guest tonight is not just a An excellent footballer. Um, Unbelievable what he does. But first and foremost, he's a friend. And and you know what I mean? I think uh, with a friend, you can have a little bit more fun as you go along as well.
1: Yeah, spot on, mate. And I'm just jealous. If I start crying halfway through the show, it's because I'm remembering how amazing I used to love my long hair. And uh, (laughs) it's uh, bringing back some... Some sore memories around. I it think. True. I think what
2: we could do, Si, if I moved, if I moved where you are, it could be like before, during, and after. Couldn't it? It's just like <laughs> that's a bad week. That's a bad week. <laughs> it's a bad week. It's a bad week. That isn't yeah. It's a bad
1: it's week. Worth, no. Getting worse,
0: getting
1: better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, our guest tonight is. Uh, he started his career with uh, Middlesbrough, played at Preston North End, Crystal Palace, former Premier League player. He was manager at Airbus UK, TNS, Hartlepool, and Banger, and he is. The current assistant managers at Connor's Key Nomads. It is Mr. Craig Harrison. Welcome, my friends. How are you?
3: Hi, Si. Hi, Cam. You okay. Yeah, excellent man. Great
2: to have you on. Great to have you on. It's, uh, it's, you know what I mean. It's another one of those uh, situations, Si, where uh, I always get what I want in the end. You know what I mean? I just uh, I just hound people that much that people cave in. People, it's great. It's great. You always get that in the end, don't you, Craig?
3: Yeah, no. Nah, I thought you know, it's been asking us long enough. I thought I maybe get it on. it's nah, it's 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 absolute pleasure. You know, as we said, we, you know, we've known each other for a long, long time, and we've become good friends. You know, as well Lifetime. as um, as well as you know, ex-teammates. But it's been um, the friendships just as good as anything.
2: Yeah, agree, agrees. Like a, it's like it's like a different life, though, isn't it? You know, that we the things that we've been through on and off the pitch uh is just. um I think that in itself tells a story and I think that's what brings people close, you know, that it's not, yes, football brings people together, which is great, you know what I mean, the things that we're going to talk about before football, before Craig and, 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 and any of the business, it's football brings people together and, and this is the good thing about this show, Sai, isn't it, that we um, we give a lot of joy to a lot of people and, and mix it up and, and bring in live guests who've had a, an humble, unbelievable career like uh, like Craig has, it's um, it's great really, I love it, couldn't, couldn't be any better. Was that, was that comment oh, from Mark Sherwood there, was that Mark? Yeah.
3: Hey <laughs> Mark, it oh, didn't uh, take Mark so, on, did it?
2: No, so uh, story about so uh, Craig Max um, uh, Max's uh, daughter Chloe um, uh, had a really serious a serious illness um, a couple of years back. So uh, invited me and uh, me and Craig to go for a go for a walk from Whitby to Redcar. Uh, so I think it was twenty four point something miles. Um, it was horrific, by the way. It was one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. It was so hard; it was unbelievable. <laughs> the only the only few things what got me going and got me through the day was Craig falling over. That was that was one, <laughs> um, and then me finishing about an hour and a half behind everyone else. That was just it. Was just oh, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. Won't be doing it again. To be fair, you always struggled preseason, didn't you? To be fair, I know, but that was walk. This was walking. Yeah, you always a sprinter,
3: <laughs> a sprinter. not, you know, one pace. I didn't have much summer.
1: Yeah, you could sprint. And that was it. Yeah, one pace, mate. I'll tell you. Um indeed, so I just want to address a couple of comments first and move on from it. Yes, I have had my haircut. Yes, I cut it myself. yes, I <laughs> it. But there we go i I cut it in myself with nowhere, uh, no help. i blended it all in no mirror at the bottom, not even a mirror, just a <laughs> pair of rusty scissors and some shaving what more what you need. but um, yeah, so I don't need to talk about that anymore, and yes, I'm feeling a lot better as you may seem. I don't feel like I'm dying so much uh, as I did last week, but uh, so everything will be back to normal this week. Shows, videos, and I got some special stuff coming up as well. Some some extra stuff coming up this week as well. But uh, yeah, so I think we got so much to talk about. Um, yeah. I want to, and there's so much I want to get stuck into about Craig as well as like the any other business and the stuff. But as 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 always, mate, we will start with the Magnificent Seven. We haven't done one for must be like, oh. like six weeks because John, we haven't John Christmas was,
2: stuff. John was, John was the last one, John wasn't it? John the last Curtis. One yeah, just John was about last a week
1: before, before Christmas or two weeks yeah. before Christmas moving. So. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's get stuck into some of these. Okay, Craig Harrison, Magnificent Seven. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi
3: favorite tv show oh wow that's a tough one hmm uh luther oh, oh, i sh- like it. it i like <laughs> it we not you know we haven't had that
2: one
3: it's another new that one. one
2: yeah yeah I like that
1: um, one. angriest teammate
3: oh i'm trying to think <laughs> angriest teammate
1: uh with an example if possible
3: oh, <laughs> goodness me I'm not, I'm not too sure about that Oof. Um, I might have to pass and come back to that one, sorry.
1: Ryan, uh, so the next one's nice
3: and easy. It's just as easy. Laziest teammate? Uh Laziest teammate. Uh, he's probably not going to like it for this, but Neil Ruddock. <laughs> <Excellent.
2: laughs> Bang on, though. <laughs> no.
1: And then uh, we will come back to the angriest teammate in just a second. It's probably but, the same uh,
2: we'll
1: one to, now. Yeah, goes <laughs> to the last. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, playing or Managing.
3: I think surprisingly managing. Oh,
2: okay.
3: Interesting that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I will uh, dig, yeah, dig, they'll dig they'll a little bit deeper.
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. S- uh, Scoring a goal or keeping a clean sheet. Keeping a clean sheet. No, no I'm like not a, even,
2: even. Even John even John Curtis said scoring a goal. Nah, he
3: never scored. Yeah, I mean, are you talking about as a player? Are You talking about as a manager? Coach. Player, I
2: suppose. As, cool. as a player,
3: In- clean sheet yeah. as a player, scoring a goal as a manager.
2: Yeah, interesting that. Interesting that. It's funny that you're not know, correct because we had um, we had Graham Jones on, um, obviously current assistant manager at Bournemouth under Jason Tindall, and um, and he, oh, he's his philosophy on defending was just it's black and white. He just yeah, he, it's all about defending. You know what I mean? His, his job and remit at that club was to just be his defenders must hate him because he just must just so be so strict on it all the time. And it's just yeah. great, great philosophies. I, I, I love it. I love listening to different people's great. Sorry, It's all
1: right, mate. I'm trying to work out which question I asked last. It's going to go. Pinch a goal uh, greatest Englishman who has ever lived. Doesn't have to be football Great related.
2: Great question.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the with the football in um, a boyhood hero of mine, Paul Gascoigne. So legend. You know, I'm gonna stick with that because I was very fortunate to grow up Teammates. watching him and then Play and with... then be a, be a teammate. Yeah.
1: Shout and an angriest teammate with an example.
3: I don't know, you know, Neil, I've uh, sla- uh, <laughs> it's you know, I've had a, had a few. I've had a few angry teammates. To be fair, I think it was a different year, wasn't it, when we played Cam? It, it was a lot more angry people in, in, yeah. in them days. You know, yeah. I think um, probably from from my early days. I'm not going to I'm not going to swerve it, but from my early days as a Manchester coach, possibly I'll, I'll point the finger at myself because I was an angry man coming transitional from a. From an actual player into a, into a coach into a into a manager, it was a very frustrating time for me. Certainly, when I first got involved with it, moving from a from a, from a full-time player to a part-time coach, I just couldn't quite grasp it. So, you know, the the first club I was with, I had um, fantastic memories with Airbus. But most of them lads who played for me there probably would have said, "Craig, it's got to be you without shadowing <laughs> down." Like it. So if, just just to
1: add to that question, then. Since you have become a manager, has there been any uh, any players perhaps who've been particularly like angry and you've had to rein them in a little bit?
3: Like I said, you know, none really stand out massively. Yeah, you know, sorry, in on that no one. No, but sorry. but not none really stand out massively. You know, there's there's not a awful lot. I think, like you said, it you know, certainly as time's gone on, it, you know, it has to, you know, it's, it's had to. Um, You know things have had to calm down, and football is a lot different 15 years ago where me and Andy played.
2: So when you said there, Craig, then you said about uh, about you being angry about that transition. You know, I know we're going to talk about about you about you more in depth later on, but I'm just going to pick up on it. That so when did when did the when did the mellow mellowness um, and when did you mellow as a as a coach and a manager? Is there a time that you can put your finger on it, or did it just happen over time, or did you just Uh, did you just relax a little bit more? What was it?
3: I think it was probably two or three years into me reign at TNS. I was very, very lucky. Obviously, we had a very strong team and, and we won a lot more than what, we're, what we got beaten. you know, so I think it was just one of them situations. And also, as well, you know, it was something that one of my first contact times, my coaching uh, journey. You got, I can't hear Has he gone off? Yeah, Craig, your sound's gone off, mate. Um, is it? Is it no, that's
1: that's right. that's yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Yeah, one of my sort of one of my first contact times as a as a coach early on in my coaching career on a on a FAW course, I think um one of the one of the big things I had to probably one one of the my mentors um recognized was that I was just too angry. You know, as a coach and as a as a manager, I was too I was just losing me my mind with, with any little thing and it was just sort of almost becoming almost oblivious to everybody. You know, everything I'd done it was just with the anger and a which you know, I think, if you do it for too long, you only do it a certain amount of time, and then people stop listening to you. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it was something that was certainly on my to-do list to to progress my coaching career, and my philosophy as a as a manager and a person. So, you know, I think it was um, there was obviously times I think TNS there was there was times early on, but it sort of mellowed there. But there was obviously on occasions it um. At Hartlepool, when things weren't going particularly well, you, you tend to re- revert back to type, don't you? And if you're an angry yeah. type of person, it's hard to control that 100%. And in you know, those times when I was under quite a bit of pressure and there was times when things were happening behind the scenes that, you know, were just, you know, getting a bit, not on top of us, but, you know, that I was bubbling away inside and
2: there was your the time when I had to release a little bit of steam. I think that's an excellent start, side for me, because I think uh, it gives awesome. us a real good opportunity to, d- to dig a little bit deeper, you know what I mean? Some of the things that Craig spoke about there were, were from the heart, fantastic, and, uh, and I think it gives us some scope um, to dig in a little bit deeper very shortly, but um, I think there's only one place to start, yeah. and unfortunately, the people who I've, um, uh, watch, watch this show uh, uh, might have heard the news already, but, um, but not the I nicest news the coming out of statement. Cardiff City, side. Yeah.
1: You've got a statement in front of me. Um, so cardiff city have issued a statement uh, in the last half hour
2: mate is it i heard it just before i came on with us so yeah probably just after about 10 past seven so probably about half an hour ago um
1: yeah so i'll read the the, the first part and then paraphrase the rest basically says um, we're saddened to inform supporters that Sol Bamba has been uh diagnosed with non-hodgkin lymphoma with the close support of the club's medical team sol has immediately started a course of chemotherapy uh, treatment um obviously he's universally admired by teammates staff and supporters in the welsh capital and obviously i think around football as well he's obviously a highly respected player for all he's done over his career as well as uh, the way he goes about his business um not just from a cardiff point of view but obviously his time at the clubs as well um and i just before we sort of talk about it i would like to Take this opportunity to wish him well and his family well from everyone, like from myself, from everyone in Ace Podcast Nation, the Andy Campbell Show. Obviously, uh, some things are bigger than football, and uh, this is mm. certainly one of those cases. Uh, and
2: yeah, um, listen, when I, 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 I when I heard it and, and and the news was coming through, I I, I, I stopped a little bit and because when they start with that that kind of news, you you really feel the worst, and you know what I mean. This hopefully. Um, isn't as bad as what it sounds, you know what I mean, and 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 Sol can make a full recovery, and 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 hopefully, um, everything can work itself out. You know, twenty twenty one's been a been a shocking start of the year already. You know what I mean? We talked about twenty twenty being a bad year with for Cardiff City, with obviously Chris Barker and and uh, and and Peter Whittenham and you know what I mean? And I look at the bigger picture, me, sir. I look at, uh, for example, the, the club doctor at Cardiff City, Len Noakes, You know what I mean? Len was uh, Len looked after me at Cardiff, and Len's had a had a really tough couple of years. He's, he's he's looked after Stephen McPhail when Stephen had cancer. He's now looking after Saul, who's, who's poorly. He's, mm. he's he's lost his daughter as well through illness, you know what I mean? So, listen, that football club himself, and that's, that's forgetting uh, Emiliano Salah as well, you know, that, 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 that the, the staff and the football club has been through so much in a short space of time. It's absolutely oh, yeah. frightening. So, it's, you know what I mean, from, like you say, I, I would just repeat an echo that uh, I hope Saul gets 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 better very quickly. Makes a full recovery and um, and and just keeps that smile on his face. Because you know what he's, he's he's one of the most nicest men I've ever met in football. I was lucky enough to give his his, his, um, his goal of the season award at the at the Player of the Year do two years ago. Um, he's just he's just got a beautiful smile. He's just a lovely lovely man, and I can't say anything better about that. He's just fantastic. yeah. A few
1: a few people in the comments said like what a phenomenal uh, phenomenal person he is, and the uh, <laughs> real gentleman. The fact that he's gone straight into chemotherapy with the uh, like after the announcement, I was thinking initially. I was thinking, oh, that must mean that it's you know it's quite as it's obviously a serious situation, but it must be quite a and ur- needed to be dealt with urgently. But that's not necessarily the case because you know you don't know when they found out and things like that. Like just because they announced it today, you know they could have had a bit more prior notice and stuff in terms of sorting <laughs> out treatments and stuff so it doesn't necessarily mean that it's being urgently arranged which obviously would be very worrying on top of it um but all oh, you know overall it's, it's dreadful news and hopefully um that he can you know hopefully they've caught it early and hopefully that they can you know he can battle through it he's a he's a warrior mate on the pitch and uh, yeah, he is, yeah. he's not going to give up without a fight i wouldn't imagine but um no. Like you say, mate, Cardiff City as a football club have been off the pitch, have been through the absolute ringer over the last few years. It's unbelievable. Um, some of the things which have happened to people linked to the club and to the club itself is uh, it's, it's a strange one. It's another uh, another a best start to 2021, mate. It's almost like 2021 is straight away trying to outdo 2020, which is worrying, mate. But there we yeah. go. Craig, have you ever come across um, Sobo and
3: permanent? Uh not, not at all, no. No, I haven't. But obviously, you know, from my point of view as well, you you, you know, you send a good luck messages and, and hopefully he gets on the road to recovery as quick as what he can. Because like you said, you know, I think um, one of the positives, if there is a positive would obviously, you, you know, you get the best treatment with Cardiff Football Club. You know, yeah. that obviously, you've got good experience and good people in the medical department. So, you know, he will be, you know, he, he might have been... If you could be fortunate, the the job he's in, in in the in the medical departments, it's football, big football clubs. You know, hopefully they found it quick enough, and he can get the treatment he needs to make a full recovery. Yeah, totally um, agree.
1: The other thing I was just going to quickly say, and um, and I've literally just thought about this as Craig was talking, so it's off the kev. Um, I'm going to set up a post uh, after the show, probably now, um, on the Facebook page of Ace Podcast Nation, where people can write messages for Sol Bamba. Um, and then I will pass that on to the club, and they can hopefully get it to him and his family. And, yeah, you know, if, at least he can get uh, like a gist of, you know, people supporting him. And hopefully that little bit of give me, give him a bit of a lift in what's going to be a very, Difficult and tough time for him and his family, of course, as well.
2: Yeah, lovely lovely. Uh, listen, I think, I think he's in he's in good hands. He's in uh, he's in the he's in the best place. Um, you know what I mean? I know that it's it's not it's, everything's different, but Cardiff City have, have had the experience. You know what I mean? Indirectly, indirectly, so you know what I mean? It'll. Um, I just echo what Craig said. You know, it, it, it's it's happening too often to everybody, to people, to family, to to friends, to people we know, and footballers aren't any different. Unfortunately, you know. So it's um, it's just yeah, such a shame. Great man. Great man, great man. Indeed, um, I'll put that
1: post up after the show and
2: if people can spread the words to obviously all their Cardiff
1: uh, friends and fans uh, friends and friends and stuff, we can obviously get as many as we can in that and then we can pass it on to the... Yeah, Some great of, I'll probably get it directly to the to the chairman. It's probably the most direct way to get it to him, I think. So I'll do that. Um, moving on. Um, unfortunately, it's not is Like, uh, it's not as grave, but uh, it's not much more positive, uh, My the, the first bit of any other business mate, but I'm going to get this out of my system so that I can relax because the first time this gentleman did what he did, I was quite like you know I thought I was reserved, I just said he was ridiculous, said he was you know, just ridiculous uh, he's done it again and then for, it's the club as well seem to be a, having a bit of a, a free-for-all in it, so for those who don't know, uh. Certain Mr. Mendy, who plays for Man City, yet again has uh, broken the bubble and the lockdown rules. Uh, and it's not just the bubble, it's the, the the lockdown rules that apply to everyone. Um it's very frustrating. Very it angers me because look, lockdown is difficult for everyone. I get that. It's very difficult. We've we've all been I've barely left my house in the last year because they've been shielding and stuff. And it's it's hard. But but I'll tell you what, I haven't got and I haven't got a swimming pool and a gym and a five-side football pitch in my house. <laughs> i have guess that Mr. Mendy has got at least some of that stuff. Now, I'm not saying that just because you've got all that stuff, that doesn't make it difficult and that doesn't make it frustrating and uh,
0: yeah.
1: you can be isolated, you could be lonely, whatever it may be. I, I get all that, of course. I'm not saying that just because you've got money, you can't have those things. But, like, it does make it a bit easier. So, if everyone else is trying to do it, he's got to suck it up and get on with it. And it's frustrating, Si. It's
2: it's, it's, a it's, a it's frustrating because you, you, you see the mistakes that some of the young Chelsea players made having having birthday parties. Some of the young England players made um, going out partying, having meals, crossing bubbles, going into different areas. You know what I mean? For me, footballers need to realise how lucky they are. You know what I mean? That we have got we've got countries who didn't finish their seasons last season you know what i mean the premier league was so lucky and the english efl was so lucky that they finished the, the seasons in in some kind of um remit but I just need to realize how lucky they are because you know i mean the role models as well so if they're breaking the rules then surely people are going to follow suit and that's my, that's my concern that's my worry and i just think understand your position in life understand that you are a role model understand that people will copy you people will just replicate your behavior and hopefully um the penny drops sooner rather than later because if his actions cause someone to get COVID or get poorly or worse, you know what I mean? Then he's got to live with that, you know what I mean? So for me, just yeah. you've got to stop it at source. And for me, the only person who can stop it is, is himself, you know what I mean? So well, forget the party animal. We've got time when, when all this goes away, then go, go and party in whatever for six weeks or eight mm. weeks once, once, once your summer goes away. But for me, understand there's, there's, there's rules in place for a reason.
1: And yeah, I mean, it, I and I texted you last night, didn't I? And I said he he's paid no attention. So Craig, basically, what I said to Andy is he's paid no attention to Man City, uh, their kind of implications and their warnings. The first time he's done it. So, like, who is he going to listen to? Is it does it need to be the the FA stepping in and saying, "Hang on a minute, you, we're going through all these different measures to make sure football can be played." And you're doing ridiculous things, which is putting all that at risk. Is it the FA? Is it someone, a visit from the police? I don't know what's going to kind of make him listen. As, what would, like as, a, as a manager, and assistant manager, what would your view be? And how would you deal with someone who just won't listen to the lockdown
3: rules? Well, I think, I think first and foremost, as you said, you know, it's been tough for everybody. You know, everyone's in a not in a great position. You know, with you know mental health and people losing jobs and so on and so forth. You you know, I, unfortunately, you know, I've only managed to see my parents once in ten months. So, you know, I, I I know I live I live you know, 150, 175 miles away, but it, you know, it's it's still I'm not going travelling the other end of the country to go and see my parents because of the situation. My little girl, who's eight, you know, is, is stuck to the rules. She's not she's not given any of her, um nannies or or granddads hug in 10 11 months you know which is hard to to try and explain to a little a a little child so you know for 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 this to you know don't get me wrong we all make mistakes it happens you know but to happen the second time when there's been so much high profile about it it's you know it is pretty it's pretty ridiculous and you know and and just as much i i just wonder what the you know uh, pep guardiola thinks of this because obviously he's directly going against whatever whatever he's supporting as well, because, you know, for for the manager of the football club, you know, we all we all know that, you know, we've all seen that Pep's quite a disciplinarian, you know, and, and you know, even down to stories where I've heard that players are late on the training, five minutes on the training pitch, and he just sent them straight back off and told them to come back tomorrow, you know, for, for something to be in late for a training session. So, you know, I can imagine he's, um, he's not too happy about this. And like you said, the bigger picture is, we're fortunate that the the Premier League is on and we're in it's in, yeah. in, in playing and we're watching it and, there's, and it's obviously helping a lot of people mentally to 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 do something and, and take interest in something and we're so fortunate, you know, we're also fortunate to to um, to to be to see football and you know and unfortunately for ourselves, the Welsh football, the domestic football has been on right until two three weeks ago, so you know from that point of view and we've just got to be, you've got to do everything we can to get out of this. Um, to get out of this mess we're in and it doesn't help does it when people like that do things like that. Yeah. Um,
1: very quickly then before we just move on to, uh, to Craig, um, a couple of comments, people saying about the uh, Celtic thing. So obviously Celtic went out to Dubai, um, and train why they need to do that is beyond me, but they've gone out to Dubai to train and what do you think happens. They come back with COVID cases. Um, is there a need, a desperate need to go to Dubai for this trip other than it being like a bit of a treat because of the year that we've just had like in your opinion like for me that's the only reason they've gone really is not, yeah not, not 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 when action. they know
2: they're not when they know they're going to come back to not got to come back to and four you know what I mean they're coming back with this in rife so for me it's it, they've took a big risk they haven't listened to the advice you know what I mean even uh, um, even the, even the the, the lady who's running in Scotland, you know what I mean. For me, they didn't listen to her advice and listen to her, yeah, her governance. You know what I mean. For me, they've just gone over the top of what, and did what they think's best. It's not, it's not for me. I don't, I don't agree with it.
1: Yeah, it's just a bit ridiculous. Um, I gotta say, it doesn't make sense to me. And and if they, you know, if that one case turns to five <laughs> six, Scotland could be in trouble in terms of the game because they've already had to call off games, haven't they? Uh, earlier in the season, so I mean, I'm sure the SPL people would not be happy if they have to cover up, uh, call off another round of games because Celtic or other clubs have gone and got five, six cases of COVID on a training trip to Dubai. It's it's ridiculous, but um, I think uh, Mr. Mendy and Celtic and any and uh, a couple of other places that the FA have got to give him a massive fine, and that mm. problem is Man City and Mendy. A fine makes no difference whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I
1: totally,
3: think, it yeah, is, unfortunately, so yeah, it is. I think, unfortunately, the world we live in—it's a classic example of being, you know, separated from the from the real world, isn't it? You know, it, yeah. football has had a lot of bad press, isn't it? And it, it seems to be, you know, certainly, you know, I'm not going to go back and back about when me and Cam played, but you know, it just seems to pull away further and further and further from from average Joe and Joe public, if you like. And I think mm-hmm. this is just a classic example of of that.
2: Well, the thing is, though, Craig, when uh, when you made a mistake, well, I made plenty, to be fair, but when you make mistakes at clubs and you get absolutely roasted for it, you don't make them again. You know what I mean? You certainly don't because you you respect the people who, who tell you. Um, you're scared to make that mistake again because, you know what I mean? And, and I, bear in mind, by the way, there was no social media. There was no proper media. There was no... That was, th- those kind of stories wouldn't get out. So to be it's scared a good of that you. mistake... Well, too right, mate, yeah. Too right. <laughs> so to be scared of those kind of stories... Made you respect the kind of people and, and yourself, you know what I mean? So I think you obviously sometimes you forget about yourself. And I think, um, I'd, ah, listen, you know what I mean? You said it there. Everyone's young. Everyone's silly at times. And we make mistakes. And life's for making mistakes. But it's how you react from them. Don't make the same mistakes again for me.
1: Yeah, spot on, mate. Um, okay, just before we move into our questions, mate, we did we have had a couple of really good questions already for Craig. So I'm going to just fly to two, uh, a couple of them and then we'll move to our stuff. Uh, Reese David Evans said, "What are some of the difficulties managing in the Welsh leagues that, as uh, fans of Premier League and Football League clubs, can't appreciate?"
3: Well, I, th- I think the the biggest one, you, you know, is obviously um, facilities, uh, crowds, and budgets. You know, obviously, I've um, been very fortunate to to um, be manager of. And assistant manager of the the, the top two teams in, in domestic Welsh football, um, winning six or seven t- titles and I think 18 trophies altogether with TNS as manager, and then being involved as assistant manager on, on massive European nights with Connacht Key Nomads and you know, beating not not in out Europa League, beating them two nil away from home and then winning the league. You know the first time a team outside of TNS has won the league in seven, eight years with Chronicle nomads, you know, I've I've been fortunate to work at the top level. But on the on the first run of the ladder I was with um, with Airbus UK and they were a part time club. You know, you've got a you've got to count your pennies, you've got to keep your budget tight and you've got to um, you know make the most of everything you can, down to facilities and you know and, and training times and players as players got Families has got jobs you know I think that was the biggest thing my transition into from being a full-time footballer and then into a part-time manager was it, football had always been first for me I hadn't had a family at the mm. time so football was always first and then you get players that A have got a family that's more important than football and B have got other careers that's more important than football and that was a big big change in mentality which I, it took me probably 18 months to maybe three years to really grasp
2: When um. So, how how important is it then understanding what players want then, Craig? So, bringing a player in, you know what I mean? Attracting the right players, you know what I mean? Not not overpaying for players, you know what I mean? Because obviously, you're you're the, you're that then dealing with someone else's money, you know what I mean? The budget's too tight, you're counting the pennies. So, how important is it then recruitment-wise at clubs who don't have as much money? You know what I mean? Because you see the best teams in the world with the biggest budgets can go and splash out big wages, big sign-on fees, big transfer fees. But what's not always the case at some clubs.
3: No, I don't think it is, you know. But I, but I do believe in recruitment's the key at all levels because you know, if you go on a bad run as a manager at a top club, the first thing I get scrutinised is your recruitment. You know, the first thing. So, and I think that's right the way. Obviously, it's emphasised more at smaller clubs because you can't afford to make two or three mistakes through a season. Where, as you say, the bigger clubs, you know, can, can, can have. You know, two top players for each position. Not really have to worry about keeping everyone happy, about budgets, about making them making you being on budget every single week. You know, to be going all the way back to me Airbus days, it used to be. You know, I used to basically pick the team first, and then the the substitutes were sometimes I could only have two, and maybe a third one was one of my coaches, or in, in or it was make it up in another week because I had yeah. a set amount. And if I went over that, literally, the chairman at the time was, well, you know, it'll come out of your wages. So, you know, which was, which was, for me, it was a perfect, it was a great learning curve because moving on to bigger clubs, in, in full-time clubs, and, you know, I had that mentality right the way through.
2: That's uh, and, and and that's the that's the worrying that's the worrying times I'll say, you know, especially and, and I look at I look at the times and you know, what I mean, we're going, going back a few years then. Now I think clubs are going to have to. Look at things like that now. Clubs aren't going to run with big squads now because of what's going on with budgets and, and, and income and then realising that they can probably run with smaller squads and understand that, yes, we can get a young lad in or, yes, we can run with three, four, five subs instead of seven, eight, nine, which we've got currently on the bench. It's Football's going to evolve and football's going to change. There's going to be a lot of players now going to be unemployed or out of contract, out not having a club because of this kind of thing. And Players who have been waiting around for the January window and waiting around for this... This contract to land on their lap, it's not going to happen anymore like it did before, and 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 that's the worrying thing for me being a player. I'd, you know what I mean? I, I miss playing, I miss I miss going back, I miss the banter. I think I miss that more than anything. But I wouldn't like to be chasing contracts now at this time of the year. It'd be it'd be a worrying time for for players, certainly.
3: Yeah, no, definitely, I agree one hundred percent. I think that's one thing that I say quite often. I was um, obviously unfortunate to finish my career early. But one, one of the big things that I didn't have to do is come to the end of career and chase a year here, a year there, you know, and, and, and get to 35 or 36 or wherever, you know, and, and, and go year to year, you know, even could be moving right the way across the country, could be going anywhere and, and chasing your last, you know, year's contract. You know, I was, um, you know, as much as I, I was 24 when the injury happened and 26 when I retired, you know, I was very, very fortunate that, you know, I'd find it being... You know, I was never ever told I was never good enough, which is which is always a it's a nice, but it's a, it's a bit of a false
2: place to be. It's like that magic number, isn't it? You know what I mean? That magic number thirty-five. You know what I mean? Everyone said that when when we when we were sixteen. I've been I've meetings with the PFA coming in coming in the door and. Um, telling us this, telling us that, and saying you play football till you're 35. It was like that was a, that was a number that you aim for, and it's just it's a myth, isn't it? You see players who go past that. You see players who don't want to go to that to that much because of bodies. Um, Kevin Ellison yesterday was sub at Newport mm. County. They played uh, played Brighton in the FA Cup. He was 41 years old yeah. and still going strong. He got rested yesterday for the FA Cup game. He was devastated. Gutted, yeah. You know what I mean? And for me, I just think. Do you know what I mean the club is looking after him but he wants to play every single minute of every single game he's yeah. played more 35 to 41 than he did 16 to 25 it's scary yeah. how how oh. how people come with age and 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 get better and better but I think you you probably
3: only appreciate it don't you as you get older, you know I, I know I know to reasonably well. You know he's a big advocate of mental health, and I have some um, um, contact with him on social media. And you know we've we've come across each other a few times on the coaching side. And you know he was playing in a game when I was manager at Hartlepool. We played Morecambe in the FA Cup. You know, and I and I and I have had a lot of contact with Kevin. You know, and I think you get to that age, don't you? And you just think. You don't want end. You don't want end, and it's and yeah. it's the worst thing, you know. And and, you, and I would always say, it, any any player, you know, play as long yes. as what you physically can. The um, the world's only totally player
1: who currently plays is he's uh, fifty three, I believe it was. a Japanese player, and he's just signed a new contract to carry on playing, which I just think is incredible. Um, to be still playing at that age is. Unbelievable,
2: else. unbelievable yeah. Do you know what like, his, 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 recovery, his recovery must be horrific You know what I mean Recover, <laughs> oh Recovery after the game You know what I mean I, yeah, I play over 40s And I'm still struggling on a Thursday So his recovery must last about a month Yeah, I mean, it is month, You I know mean, it just... It's a Genetically Superman Isn't he yeah. And to be fair, yeah. You see people don't you, you know what I mean? Craig mentioned pre season about people about me struggling personally, but yeah, you see people who find things easy, you know what I mean? A good friend of ours, Mark Somerville, you know, I remember doing preseason. Summers could do a pre season off of six, seven pints and do the bleep test off um just go say, I'm gonna get a level thirteen today and then and then get a level thirteen and drop out. And I was thinking, mm. as long as I make eleven, you know I mean? and that was mm. a and that was a big struggle, you know, mm. and I just think sometimes people's bodies are just made differently and I won't call him superhuman, but it's just, it's just, it, it's just, and, and that makes every individual, you know, people had pace, people were strong, people were big, people were quick. It's just, it, it makes people different and it makes football interesting, I guess, but it was just, yeah, yeah it was very, very different. Jack
1: and Ange, you could still play now, like training every day and yeah. uh, running those miles.
2: Oof. No, no. Pain. No. I, well, I th- uh, do you know what? I think that, I think the training I could probably get through, but then if, if I ever had to be playing on a Saturday, I don't think I'd be ready physically. And you see, see managers, don't you? You know what I mean? I don't know what, what crazy philosophy is it, but Bielsa, Bielsa's philosophy is if you're not 100% fit, you can't play on a Saturday. I don't think I ever woke up on a Saturday morning 100% ready to play a game. I was 95, 90, 99. You know what I mean? Yeah, a headache, yeah. bit bit stiff, or me, my shoulders sore, or I didn't sleep very oh, well. Yeah, there's something, but um, sometimes, sometimes you, you play because you want to play. You play because you, you're scared of not, not playing again the following week or something. or You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a strange one.
3: Yeah, I think I think that you know it, it always happens, to not You know, I think it's it's a younger generation thing, and it's probably been something that the the foreign players and foreign managers brought in, didn't they? About if you're not fully fit, whereas it's, it's coming up in the old British style, it'd be you know you wouldn't tell anybody. Like Andy was saying, you know, as as a professional footballer, training every day and playing the weekend, you, you very rarely would be 100% fit. Like you said, a <laughs> niggle, a stiffer a blister, or this or that or the yeah. other, you know. And, and and now you know you you try to conjole his younger players just to you know that's part of being a professional player
1: yeah 100%
2: totally
1: agree we'll come back to uh, the questions in the chat guys you can keep sending them and uh, we'll come back to them throughout the show um, but just before we move on uh, shout out to Gaz who sent a super chat on YouTube he says a little contribution not much but uh, i like to try and help uh, best footy show out there and deserves national TV or radio slot in my opinion Go cheers on. Gaz
2: Said, Cheers, you, guys.
1: Yeah, appreciate that massively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: when we're when we're talking about though, we're talking about um we've just had a comment in uh, our our lovely lady friend Donna who um who I know runs marathons per day. She thinks she runs I think she runs something like eighty mi- eighty miles yesterday. Um <laughs> and always comments every I, I went on a fitness spurge, you know what I mean? I was doing five Ks, I was doing a few ten Ks and, and I was really proud of myself and then um and then uh, Donna would post, God, one, of her, uh, Donna would post one of her, Donna would post one of one of her runs over at lunchtime and, and do twenty miles at dinner time, and I would just be like, oh, you know what I mean? But people are just made for that kind of stuff, and you know, what I mean? yeah. good luck to them because you know what I mean. For, for, for mental health, uh, for your own health and fitness, for your, you know I mean, for your own well-being, you know what I mean? It's so important to do what what works for you, and uh, good luck to them. Really, really, really inspires people. You know, inspired me seeing people scores over over lockdown to, to get out and do some miles with the legs. It was great. Really, really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Really enjoyed it. What I like to do, Craig, with uh, the guests mm. is um, when we kind of get into you now is I'd like to I'd like to go right back to the beginning, really, and and ask you what's your first football memory? Where whether it was playing or watching or just something which you remember, like the first time you
3: fell in love with the game. I think it was probably going um, all the way back to probably round about I was seven or eight of my first memory in going to watch Newcastle United you know and the players they had then you know for some reason I was very very drawn to Chris Waddle he's been a big favourite of mine I just like the way he played you know in that team you had Waddle Beardsley, you know, Gascoigne was coming through as a young player Kevin Keane just finished and you know it was one of them them um, teams that you know at the time I don't even know I think they might even be in the second division at the time I couldn't really tell you mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but, well, yeah. you know, my dad's a, he's a big Newcastle supporter. You know, I'm not a Newcastle supporter, you know, as I stand now. But that was probably my biggest memory of of, of actually watching football. And then nine-year-old, I, I stopped, stopped watching it because I, I started playing the under-12s team. You know, and that, that was my... It, that was my first memory of you know of not not. I had to lie every week on the team sheet because you were supposed to be at least eleven or ten to be playing, and I was. Next, I was very fortunate. My dad is an uncle with a manager, so I, I could get away with it. But you know, I, I just from then on in, it was just had a ferocious appetite for 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 football. It was you know the you know the some of the biggest and best memories is, is, is me dad taking me to the park playing football with this, you know, the the things, you know, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying it, you know, the we used to go and play with a like a full size heavy or case ball and mate a multiplex. And he used to make me kick it, head it, block shots, tackle, you know, and all them things. Which is something that came into my later life because, because fortunately, when I got old and I played, I could actually strike a decent ball and I could kick it quite a long way. Yeah. And that must have been coming from from my dad at eight, nine year olds, you know, and really putting really putting pressure on us to 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 be, you know. Is there's another memory. It wasn't one of my first ones, and I'm sure me my mum and dad won't won't mind me um, sort of go, recalling it. But I used to play uh, for the school on a Saturday morning. Then I used to play for a boys' club on the Saturday afternoon on in in, in a Sunday. But I remember one day I, um, uh, I would just come in from playing the school. Uh, I'd, 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 I'd sit in a half an hour in a, in a bath to soak my muscles to get ready to go and play in the afternoon. And I remember my mum having a full-blown argument because my dad was getting in the ba- in the bathroom to tell me how bad I'd played in the game in the morning. And it was like literally mum and dad don't no... <laughs> Pulling strips of each other. My mum was leaving him alone, leave him alone. My dad was no, he needs to know. He wasn't. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. He didn't do the other. And it, you know, and that was sort of the. Don't get me wrong. When I did do things well, he was the first one to tell us. But it was it was the way I was brought up, and and I wouldn't change it for the world because it made me certainly certainly the competitor I, I was and still am.
2: Um, so I comment previously. What I just put on the show. That's uh, one of that's one of uh, mine and Craig's next teammates, Steve Baker. Um, Island International. Um, he's the heaviest man in football, by the way. But he looks—he like looks, he hasn't got any hair there. But talking a heaviest, about, angry men. Cam,
3: talk about Andrew, angry men, Cam. Talking about angry angry men. He could be right man, up by there, way. by
2: the way. He's hes an angry man. He an on, angry man on and off the pitch. He was angry. Yeah. He was yeah. very angry, by the way. Very angry. He more mellowed when he had a drink, <clears throat> which we won't go on about. Um, but no, Craig, obviously, family. It sounds like family played a played a huge a huge part in your in your football career at a young age to. To push you, to inspire you, to, to, to help you. You know, I mean, we, we, we speak about um, grassroots football, and we speak about parents going the extra mile. You know, that obviously you were born and bred and brought up in in Gateshead, and 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 then having to sign, well, not having you, but signing for Middlesbrough. It's a big commitment, not just for yourself, but for your parents. You know that if it wasn't for parents, it wasn't for people to bring you. Those things aren't, aren't as possible as what the is what from people who, who, who don't know. No, nah, not at all.
3: It, you know, it was a huge commitment. You know, right away from being a a, y- a young player going to. You know, soon as you, soon as you're involved with organised football, you know, there's a lot of travelling, isn't it? You know, and it, and it's it, it's hugely, you know, I was very just very, very fortunate that my dad loved football as well. And I remember going to watch my dad play and later on when he was, you know, in his career, playing on a Sunday morning. He was a goalkeeper and I remember going to watch him and just loving listening. Obviously, some things that were said on the side weren't particularly great and some things that happened on the pitch <laughs> weren't great. But, you know... You know, i am still still in touch with the, with, with three or four of boyhood friends that their dads played in the same team. We end up going to school with and, and and were friends and still are friends now. You know, I think football plays an amazing part. You know, and it's something that my dad said to me Obviously, becoming a professional footballer is, is elite, and there's so such a small amount, and then even going on to play Premier League football, like it's you know it's in the it's in the nought point whatever it is percentage out of the population of lads and players that want to go on and play that. But mm. it's such a social sport, you know. You're so lucky that you you, you know a team sport where you learn so much, and if you don't go on to be a professional, you don't go on to be a Premier League player. The things that are, that you learn in between that is
2: invaluable you know life skills and everything in between it's yeah. it's such Bang a on. such a huge thing Bang on and do you know what and you know what which is a pleasing thing now cuz Craig you can't see the comments you can't see the people who were uh, who were commenting in here uh, and I'm 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 going through some of them and Penny's just put a comment in I've spotted Penny for a long time obviously Penny was one of our ex teammates as well at Middlesbrough coming through the youth team but Craig just uh Craig just said there, Sai about about the memories that you make. You know that we're on about happy times as a footballer, people as a footballer. People mention playing in the Premier League, playing for your country, playing 34, 35. Yeah, my happiest time is, is for, probably from it was when I went in that when I walked through those gates at Aston Park as a 16-year-old YTS, cleaning boots, cleaning jobs, doing the things what everybody didn't want to do. But you know what? The camaraderie we had, the fun we had. Um, everyone got on everyone had a laugh it was so competitive it was just it was just an amazing time Craig wasn't it and I, I look, yeah. I, look at, I look at teams now we had Robbie Stockdale on and, um, Robbie when Robbie went to Grimsby Robbie made his YTS's do the jobs and things and, and, and get real mucked in and stuff but a lot of clubs don't choose to do it and you know what I mean you'll vouch for me and say that was a was a real learning curve for us but it was a good time as well I think, with it, without a doubt, you
3: know, I was very, very fortunate. Like I was saying, to, to play in the Premier League and to, and to be a footballer for a length of time and, and so on and so forth. But if anyone said to me, sit down and really think about, you know, your, your best in, in, in most. Uh, cherished times, without a shadow of a doubt. With my two years as a white, yes, without a doubt, it was it was it was it was brilliant. You know, it was every day was you. You know, you had to work hard, but you, you know, you'd have to muck in and do this and do that. You know, clean the buses, clean the stadium, clean and get the kit sorted, the boots sorted. You know, Toresby Road, putting the goals out, the freezing colds. You know, before the first team coming and trained, and then waiting about till afterwards, and you know the the stories and the things. You know, there's, there's one that I'd never forget. We talked about Steve Baker. I think he was one of them. I think it was him and Anne Cosgrove got locked in the container with all the <laughs> for, for hours. Somebody I don't know who it was there, but <laughs> locked them in the container. Told us we rode for hours, and you know, literally, you know, they, they took the clothes off of that hot and they had to put it over the face like a face mask because the dust. It was, you know, <laughs> it, it uh, something that had happened every week. Something yeah. like that happened every week at the old Essen Park, and it was without a shadow of doubt. You, you know, yes, don't get me wrong. I, I really cherish and, and and very privileged to be a being a professional footballer and, and, and played in the Premier League. But but the two years as YTS, without a doubt, was the best two years of my football life. When
2: uh, we well, talking about now, sorry, say. Right, I was going to ask you, the
1: Welsh league clubs. Do they um, have the academy players doing like chores and stuff like that?
3: No, no, I, th- I don't. I don't really know if anyone does these days. It's one of them things that, you know, been uh, quite, a few, um, yeah, know quite, quite a few, quite um, a few big clubs still, and, and then obviously championship clubs and downwards. When we've been playing pre-season friendlies and stuff, and and I and I really don't know. I don't I know. I think the wording's changed,
2: hasn't it? Because you know. the are the, 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 the apprentices now, aren't there? So it's more it's more education than it is youth training scheme so it's, I don't know, the expectation was more jobs than it was anything else which, yeah, you know, it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I then the times, like the, so, you, know isn't, you know what I mean, the things like, you know, the guys, obviously Craig's on the show and the guys who were in the thing, um, if you didn't, you know what I mean, at Christmas time, Si, you know what I mean, we used to sing in the changing rooms for the first team and, the worst person who'd sing the song would have to get naked and run around and Park with all the staff watching, with you know what I mean. It was horrific. It was horrific all the time. Yeah. And it's just but well, that's what it's, it's never about, get it. it's Wouldn't being, be
1: allowed to do that now, would you?
2: Oh, mate, it wouldn't be like to do anything like that now, you know? Nah. And it's, it, it it brought so many people together and it, and it it brought groups together, it was it was absolutely amazing, you know. And I think um you know, I mean Craig mentioned there about doing certain jobs at Airson Park being a yts and what comes with that is it's the staff, Craig, who played a big role in um your mm. upbringing um, your career at, at a younger level obviously um Ron Bourne was a a major part of that you know what I mean I know yeah. runs I know runs watching tonight um, yeah. runs son's a, uh, a big follower and I tell Ron every time I've got one of his one of his boys on he doesn't watch me every week which I can't believe but there you you <laughs> uh but uh, but obviously obviously with and with, obviously, the sad news over Christmas that Keith Noble lost his life as well. So, I know personally, you know what I mean, I, I, I grew up with Keith and Creek. Yeah.
3: Uh, but,
2: you know what I mean, there's other people who played a big role in your career for Middlesbrough? Yeah,
3: the, yeah, there is, without a doubt. You know, Peter Kirkley was one of them as well. You know, Peter is, a, you know, quite a famous, you know, scout in uh, the Walls and Boys Club scene, you know, cr- you know, further north towards Newcastle. You know, I, I'm sure it was Peter who had a lot to do with Paul Gascoigne going to Newcastle as well. And so... Peter did. Um, obviously, Ron and Keith. Keith, you know, it's so so sad. You know, Keith was such a great guy. You know, he's was he's, he's always up for a laugh. He's always happy and smiley. You know, he, I don't I don't I can't ever remember him being in a bad mood. All the times so, that you know, you know, when he's coming to the milk cups with me and all the rest of it. Obviously, Keith was from a bit more of your area, wasn't he, Andy? The, yeah. the Middlesbrough area where you know Ron was the Chester Chester Street in the middle, and Peter was further north. It yeah. was close up to me. You know, and then probably you know take take me down. Out of it, which you know is the biggest influence on my career, I think. Secondly, was Dave, is it was and still is Dave Geddes. Yeah. You know, I've got I've got a lot a lot to thank Dave for right the way through um through my YTS days and you know and then getting promoted into the first team and and, and even now you know Dave's a Dave's a really good friend of uh, of the family and, and not us and we've spent a lot of time with Dave and Christine his wife. Um, in when we were in Durham when I was at Hartlepool you know so like you said you know take take away obviously my dad but but you know certainly from a football point of view you know Dave Geddes has been a, a massive massive help and support and a huge influence on my career. Hmm.
2: Great, great shout that because you know what I think sometimes that yeah you see a coach and a manager because Ron was great and, and Keith and and, and Kirkley and, and and Kenny Wharton and all those guys who who brought us and got us the contracts and, and, and got, the, got the ground in a lot of people didn't like Dave in terms of he picked the team. So if you didn't pick, it's like any manager, you know what I mean? You don't like your manager, he doesn't play. Yeah. Yet, but when you love your manager, when he plays you and you know what I mean? Dave was Dave was hard on me, but I, I really respected that. And I only respected that probably when I started playing in the first team and when I started to probably want to move to Cardiff because somebody being tough on you, it's because they want the best from you. They see something in you instead of just yeah. not taking any notice of you, which is 10 times worse. It's just, you know what I mean? I. Total respect, you know what I mean. And every time I see him, it's it's absolutely fantastic, and uh, just mutual respect. I, I I I can't thank him enough. For everything he did for my career. So I'll second what you said. It was amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and and like I
3: said, I still speak to him quite uh, not so much recently, but because obviously when I moved back up to Durham, and um, it was um, it was a, uh, I had, I was very very fortunate to spend some, uh, you know, grown up time, you know, and, yeah. and speak to Dave about coaching, you know. And I'd been through the coach system, and you know, got my pro license. Spent eight years getting it, and and being a manager. And we, we you know, it wasn't just this moody sixteen, seventy year old that that you know used to didn't didn't used to like your coach because he didn't pick you. It was a, it was a yeah. it
2: was a it was a man's conversation about football in in, in the, yeah. the ins and outs of football. Yeah, and I like that, and, and it, just, it doesn't happen enough, though, does it? Because at the time, you you think you're having a grown-up conversation with the coach, and, and you're just talking rubbish because you just you know I mean. It's great, you know I mean. You think you know everything, don't you, when you're 16, 17 year old, and then you you get put in your place, and then you realise that you you're just the same as everybody else because you get doing extra jobs and you get given another pair of boots, and it was just that was just how Dave was. It was great. I remember yeah. one story about Dave, which was which was brilliant. So we were at Essen Park. It was a Friday. Everyone had finished their jobs. And um, he he had a he had a he had a he had a cupboard full of dirty dirty water full of dirty dirty buckets full of dirty water. Uh, one of the jobs wasn't done correctly, so I unlocked his cupboard, got the buckets out, and just poured them down this corridor. And I was this is like five o'clock at night. I was thinking, <laughs> oh my god, this is just horrific that we were. I think we were there till like half past six, quarter to seven. We had yeah. a game the next morning, and then we had the first team game straight after. It was just longest weekends ever but there's something yeah. you know what I mean it was just I, I didn't get me I didn't get me £37.50 till like what I that night I was just... <laughs> in your brown paper like... in my brown paper <laughs> envelope yeah. and I but... missed my bus and I missed me bus so I had to get yeah. a taxi I think it's so, horrific.
3: Well, one of the great one of the great things I used to love about David thinking back and it's a real fond memory is you know and you you remember Cam is when, when he was checking all the jobs he used to walk about and put his finger like that <laughs> yeah. in focus, yeah. I saw the across all the sills yeah. of the doors and everything. And we're talking about Airson Park was nearly hundred years old. He expected to <laughs> be gleaming, which was, you know, <laughs> it was, you know, it was, it was dirty quality. at the best of times. So but like equality. you said, them are the memories that, you know, yeah. in, in the people and the, the, the really good people that that you know you are very, very fortunate to have in, in my football yeah. career. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. 100 yeah. percent I just before we
1: uh, go to Kagad, um leslie makes a great point he says um i was talking to john Hendry, telling him how players used to drop me home from hutton road training ground back in the day and he said it just wouldn't be allowed these days which i guess that's another part of the way things have changed over the years and you know i suppose when you look at some isolated incidents across the country with kind of back in the 80s and the 70s with um, young players and coaches and that it's right that certain things have changed but equally, I feel like it's gone too far the other way and they've taken away a lot of the stuff which made fond, like all these fond memories which you two are sharing. Like some of the young players these days, I think it becomes a job so early for them. Like even as like teenagers, it's like they treat it as if they're in the first team to get them prepared for that, which is great. But I feel like they miss out on some of these fond memories of doing jobs
2: together and... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also think so. There's no relationship between fans and players now. You know what I mean? The, the, Craig spoke about it earlier on. You know what I mean? The the relationship uh, uh, Craig i l- a lot of it. Middlesbrough fans. You know what I mean? Every single game after a game, I and, and Craig knows the fans. I know the fans because they're always the same people who, who want your autograph. We've got the same autograph about one thousand times, yeah. but you but you keep doing it. You have a conversation, and you still seem to this day when I go back, and it's amazing because they 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 took their time, they took their effort they spent their to spend the money to to get it done. You know what I mean? So it's a it's about respect, and if. You, you know what I mean? The players and, and fans are like now. They're so distant, it's, it's scary. And if that's social media, if that's, if that's clubs wanting the, the separation, if that's um, players not parking in car parks, for example, and, getting, and, and staying in the hotel the day before a game, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's quite sad, personally.
1: Yeah, I do too. I think it's destroying um, it's yeah. really that relationship between fans and
3: players. I think it's 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 probably all escalated with social media, hasn't it? You know, yeah, you know per, yeah. players yeah. are petrified of being all yeah. over social media and newspapers probably fifteen, twenty years ago and you know, it's it's one of them things where all you had to worry about was a was a newspaper, wasn't it? You know, yeah. and, but but now it's with camera phones and, and so on and so forth. It's you know, that yeah. that level it's it's you know it, it it can't be it can't be a very nice mm. life to live to be honest. No, ain't. that's great no, you know, I agree. I, I really had a had a great time. You know, I'd done mm. things probably I would have been in big trouble with now, and you know, certainly you, know, you did, Cam. So you know, <laughs> it's what. But it, it's it, you know, I don't think I particularly enjoy. Don't get me wrong. From that side of it, I don't think I particularly enjoy the 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 scrutiny that that players
2: are under these days. Oh. and On that side, I'll finish with this. Uh, obviously, Craig's time at Middlesbrough. We'll, obviously, we'll have the break and we'll go on to for when he left to go to Crystal Palace. But one infamous, well, I think it was a very infamous night. Obviously, Craig played uh, the season that we got promoted back to the Premier League. Um, Paul Merson played that season. Gaza played that season, uh, especially this last game of the season. We beat Oxford United four. I think it was four one in the end. We were we were nil half yeah. time, and then Alan Armstrong yeah. scored two. Uh, super I think, Craig, I think Higgy, Higgy scored one or two as well. And um, obviously Craig played left back. You know what I mean? And we were all the young players were, were envious that Craig was in this team and, and 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 played with all. You know, I mean, the, the stars. You know, what I mean, world class players. Uh, it was it was absolutely fantastic. We were so proud of him. And then, um, obviously, you, we celebrated like, well, I, I celebrated like I played every game of the season. <laughs> dancing, dancing on cars, climbing lampposts, it was absolutely amazing, I was living a dream. And, you know what I mean, nobody could get a Kodak and take a photo of me, I was too quick, but it was just, you know what I mean, if that was a camera phone, I don't think I'd have ever, I'd I'd ever play football again, it was absolutely scary. <laughs> <laughs> but these are memories, and these are good, these are good things, you know, listen, I, I played hard, but I think I partied even harder. Yeah, you know the the only thing you had to worry about was CCTV, wasn't it?
0: That
2: was the thing that <laughs> well, I'll, fi- I'll I'll finish off with this one, and this is a, this is a good one. So the only the only time, and if if Bakes is still in here, because it was his fault, by the way. So I think we <laughs> we were, we went out one Sunday afternoon, and um, we had too much to drink. Um, ended up climbing a lamppost, as you do, and um, and I got called in in the gaffer's office on the Monday morning, and the gaffer said, "Did, did you have a good night last night?" I said, "I didn't go out." He said, uh, "He said no, you did. I've got CCTV, so he got his video out. His VHS, <laughs> stuck it in his, stick it in his video player. Press play, and there's me swinging off a lamppost at like eight o'clock in the night. I was in the middle of the town centre. I was, I was devastated. He gave me a choice. He said, I can take the, I can take the video, and I can walk out of his room, never happen again. Or he can, um, he can go and show it to me mum and dad. My dad's probably listening now as well. By the way, so I'm <laughs> getting myself into trouble here, but yeah, he's, listen, you make mistakes, some more than most, and uh, and you get on with it. You just don't do it again."
1: Um, I'm a great land. climber by the way I'm like a well.
2: monkey I'm
1: like a monkey <laughs> Well 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 um, Okay so we're going to go to a quick ad break uh, It's not too long uh, Just a quick minute or so And then we'll be back to uh, finish up the show And talk a bit more about Craig's career
0: My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance It sounds like something to protect my brother and me But I don't really understand After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner.
3: Here's Charger.
1: A massive thank you to... uh... Bespoke Financial as ever for supporting us and sponsoring the show. Um, uh, they specialize in life insurance and uh, many other financial products, which are very helpful in this uh, current age. And I encourage you to uh, to check them out. And as I mentioned, they're giving away free will with £140 with all new uh, purchases. I can remember the word them. New purchases at the moment. Uh, and I encourage you to give them a call. Like their details they're at the end of the show in the credits, but also uh, you can get them off myself or Andy. We'll be more than happy to pass them along. Give them a ring and uh, take advantage of what is a phenomenal uh, offer. Okay, Andy, where would you like to begin for the second time? Andy can't hear us, so um, I and come back so, in. so what we'll do is uh, I'll uh, I'll take the ship, uh, Craig. But um, how old were you when you made your Borough debut?
3: In the... can you hear me, Craig? Yes, I can hear you now. Alright, mate. Um yeah. how, how old were you, Craig, when you made your uh, borough debut? Um I think it was 19, I think it was. I think it was okay. at me. Yeah, yeah, um I, I was, yeah. Um but it was born at away in the court yeah, was it? it? Yeah, I remember, you know, not 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 a lot of people know this, and I don't think I've actually said it, it but um my dad had just um been recovering from an a-, a-, a valve replacement. And um we I wasn't too sure I was gonna play or not. And we travelled down and stayed overnight, obviously Borner from Middlesbrough was quite a far uh, quite a travel. And um me my dad actually was quite poorly again not long after the operation. He had to go back in the hospital. My mum didn't tell me and obviously I found out on the way back in you know, I, I didn't know that. So fortunately, my dad was okay, and he actually he watched my debut against Barnett in the in the hospital bed. So, which is um, which which is quite quite strange, really. But it was it was it was brilliant. It was, you know, I was very very fortunate. Like Andy will tell you, some of the some of the guys, some of the players were had. You know, the the Nigel Pearson's, Andy Townsend's, the Steve Vickers, the Robbie Mustos, the Curtis Flemings, you know, the Craig Hignett's, John Henry's. You know, all these players you know um what great great professionals as well as role models as well as as well as sort of good guys as well Clayton blackmore were really supportive and you know they the supported you and we, we played in very good teams you know mm-hmm. you were talking earlier about the team that got promoted goodness me that team was a great team you know I was very very fortunate to play I think it was 25, 26 league games that season, and and play the last game of the season to be promoted to the Premier League. It was um, no, it was a we we were lucky with, I think you know, we you had to be a good player to get a game. Obviously, at that age, you know, and Andy was younger. I think Andy was seventeen, maybe sixteen. But mm-hmm. you know, you had to be a good player to get in around it. But we had some very good, very good senior professionals that looked after us.
2: Was that the same game with Barnett game away when uh, Michael Beck was getting chased? Was Michael Beck getting chased around? he got get, get a penalty second half. Yes, game? Yeah, yeah, I was, I, was yeah. That game. Yeah, I, remember, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, just one of those, uh, and that was one of those awful places to play Underhill, wasn't it? Because the pitch, was, it was pitch, was very you know not like the the, the ground they've got set up. And now they've got now at the, the new Hive, it's, it's absolutely amazing. But the ground at Underhill yeah. side used to be. Uh, when I say on a slope, was very. Um, <laughs> it wasn't just on a slope, it was yeah. ridiculous, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Obviously playing left-back would have been struggling to get the ball out of an area, you know what I mean? There must that, uh, ten it.
3: it must have been <laughs> 10 foot, it must have been 10 foot, it must have been, the slope from one corner to the other must have been the end of 10 foot. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Ninian Park used to have that weird kind of. Um, it did, yeah. Like, you
2: couldn't see, yeah, yeah. If you, if you, if you were, yeah. if you were, yeah, if you were kneeling down where the dugouts are, you wouldn't be able to see the other end. You know what I mean? It was, uh, it wasn't a. It was just like a, like a little, like a little mini hill, wasn't it? It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like that though. It was, but it was very good. It was. I think it makes it makes pitches different. Doesn't it? I remember playing at Port Vale and uh, Vale Park. I only played only played then it was in a reserve game, and uh, I've never. As a young young player, I never got cramped in my life at the time. And I got cramped in about after about sixty, seventy minutes. I've never ever played on a pitch where it felt and looked so big. It was absolutely scary. But yeah, even even grounds what looked big because of stadiums, that pitch was just a ridiculous size pitch mm. and I just didn't get it. I just didn't understand how pitches can be different sizes, but you know what I mean? With, with someone with pace, you know what I mean? I, I was I was hoping to play on a big pitch, but no, I'd rather play on a small pitch, save my legs a little bit. <laughs> Obviously, Craig. So you spoke about your debut. Then, so mm. uh, tell us about leaving the club. You know what I mean? Because you know what I mean. You you spent a lot of time as a young player. Um, yeah. You know what I mean. But things come to an end, don't they? You? you know what I mean. Uh, you know, uh, and and you always remember the conversations that you have. Why you go? You know what I mean. Obviously, yeah. you, you left on loan to go to to go to Preston, but you came back, and then obviously you left to go on loan to Crystal Palace, but then obviously left. Yeah. So how did um, how did those kind of moves come around?
3: Yeah, well, obviously, you know, we're, we're, I played quite a quite a um, substantial part in the, in the Championship promotion, yet yeah, the Premier League, and um, started the season, the following season. I think I played three games in the in the Premier League, you know. Then then um, players come in. Uh, I th- obviously, I think Dean Gordon was one of them. Christian yeah. Zieger was another one you know you're talking you're bringing Christian Z again a German national from AC Milan I'm still only 20 19, 20 maybe 21 at the at the oldest and it, it was I'd, as you know Andy you've experienced first team football you'd worked hard all week and you've got a goal at the end of the week a Saturday and yeah. I didn't you know, it wasn't that I wasn't too good, I wasn't that superstar that I needed I should be doing that. For, just from my own for my own peace of mind and, and mental mental well being, I needed that. I, I mm. didn't want to go back to playing in the reserves on a Wednesday night in front of yeah. five, six hundred people. It was something that I think mentally I would have really struggled with, even though, you know, possibly I, I left early and it, and it was and it was me that pushed it. It was me that wanted to go, you know i asked to go out you know in between that, which you know Andy knows, but in between that I had a, a quite serious illness, I had a burst appendix which i which I missed a, a big chunk of a season and you know in, in the way things happened now you know I nearly passed away at one point it was quite yeah. you know it you know it was it was quite touch and go at one point, I was quite seriously ill. And it was coming back from that. I think it probably I'd already played in the first team then. I'd already played in the championship, in the Premier League. And it was after that I'd had a burst appendix, and I think um, that that probably pushed me more than anything else. Thinking, you know, I'm I've been very, very fortunate. I've worked so hard to become a professional footballer. I, I want to be a footballer. And I want to play games. Mm. So I I'd, I'd, I was only I think a year or so into a new four-year deal with Middlesbrough. you know. And I went to see the manager Brian Robson, and you know, and, and to be fair, he was excellent. You know, he was you. You'll be involved with the squad. You know, there's going to be one or two in front of you, but you'll be no further than third choice in the Premier League squad. In fullback, in, in in cup games, as I played, you you you're going to get games there, and you're going to be involved all the time. And you know, I just thought it's just it. Unf- it just wasn't something I, I wanted to do, probably because of the experience
2: I had earlier missing almost a season. I think it's important, though, Craig, isn't it, to see that that, that kind of desire in players, you know what I mean? Because now you see players who aren't in the 25-man Premier League squad. You see players um, who are happy just to play in cup games. You look at some of the FA Cup games over the weekend. You look at Leeds United players who got wall-up jested against Crawley. The chances of them playing in the Premier League from, from now to the rest of the season is slim. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: those kind of players you want to play, you know what I mean? Money... Money follows you around anyway. You're going to get paid to play football, regardless. You know what I mean. So for mm. me, it, it, I mean, my moves, same as yours. But you've just said it's about wanting to play football because that carrot at the end of um, you know, there's nothing better than a competitive game. The Pont- we've spoke and I spoke quite freely on here about the Pontins League, and and you know what I mean. And I'm not a big fan of the under 23 um, football reserve team football. Was um, was probably better, but still rubbish. You know what I mean. It was it was. You want to play first team football. You want to play in front of a crowd. You want to play with. Uh, with the best players to to um to have that have something at the end of a fixture and the end of a game and being delighted when you've got the three points. There's nothing better than than, than mm. coming in after a last minute winner, equalizer, whatever, clean sheet, winning goal. It's just football's brilliant, but you you've got to be at the you've got to be at the, the business end and, and, and play and wanna play.
3: Yeah, and it, it, it was so it was solely that. It was, you know, I you know I probably you know I had four years left on a contract in military where funny enough, you know, within probably six to 12 months of me leaving, so did Christian Ziga leaving, so did Keith O'Neill, I think. And, you know, so I would have been closer to the first team. But at the time, I was just, you know, and, and it was, I, I wanted to go out to play football. I went on loan originally to Crystal Palace, um, who won the championship at the time. You know, I spoke to the chairman there and the manager, In the you know, they were having a go. And they're signing players like Neil Ruddick, and they, they, they took four or five lads from Arsenal on loan, Stu Taylor, Matt Yupson. Um, uh, Tommy Black, Julian Gray, and also the, the, the Miguel Facel, who was on loan from Chelsea, Clinton and Morrison, Hayden Mullins, who was an absolute fantastic mm. player, and um, a good a good friend of mine, Jamie Smith, who was assistant manager at Doncaster now. You know, and, and, and they really did have you know have a good a good squad. You know, in in I and I went there, and I was promised I would play football, and I did, and and that was what you know it was. I think one of the best things I've done, but obviously in the end I got injured playing there. But but it was great. The other great thing about it was as well, is moving 250 miles away from the northeast to to London and the the big bright bright lights of of the of the big smoke, as they say. Mm. It it was fantastic. I I loved it. I'd never. I'd never been outside of the northeast apart from playing football in away games. You know, I'd never been down. That was the first time I'd been in London in my life, and it was, you know, and, and I actually loved it. And if I could, and, and if I could have, I, I would have stayed down there and, and settled down there. But you know, after I'd after I'd finished with the injury, I'd come back up north. But it was um, all round. It was a really, a really good experience apart from obviously having to retire. You know, I, I lived a fantastic life. I, I loved London, and you know, and you're talking about money, calm, and. You know, I was very, very fortunate when I did go through on, uh, permanently that I think obviously the house prices and, and everything in London's a lot more. But my wages quadrupled when I went to Crystal Palace and mm. from, a, from a Premier League club to a Championship club. Which, uh, which, which manager took you there? Alan Smith. Alan Smith took you there. Alan Smith was the manager, yeah. Yeah, you know, w- lovely guy, great guy, you know, such a nice guy. I stayed at his house for the first four or five days. Mm-hmm. I was down there and you know, and he couldn't do enough for you, you know. You know, and Simon Jordan was the chairman, you know. Yeah, uh, just, you know a lot. But obviously Alan, Alan lost his job though, warning not he? He did. I I I went through a few managers to be fair. It was um, I think the next Steve Kemba, who was a coach there, with the youth team come in for a little bit, then um uh, Steve Bruce for a short period of time. Yeah.
2: Trevor do, Francis. I don't. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember? Do you remember me walking in the changing room and seeing you there? No, I
3: don't know. So when was
2: that? So I. Uh, I, I agreed. I agreed to sign for Crystal Palace. Um, so I flew up to. I flew up to to Gatwick. Uh, Simon picked me up. Um, yeah. Took me to the training ground. I had my medical. Steve picked me up from the from the hospital. drove back over. had me talks. blah blah blah. met Curtis because obviously Curtis was there. Yeah, um, Jamie, J- Jamie was Jamie was there. Jamie Pollock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clinton. So I met Clinton. So I was going to be up front with Clinton. I think uh, the, the the deal was I think Mikel Forsell was going to go back to Chelsea. Right. Um, so I was going to sign there. Agreed to pay a few million pounds. Uh, and then just about signing contract and got the results through that I filmed my medical. So, uh, Simon booked me back on a flight to uh, Teesside Airport um, and that was it. That, was, that, that yeah. was it. It was just like whistle-stop tour of Crystal yeah. Palace, which um, obviously I'd played under Steve at um, uh, at uh, Sheffield United uh, yeah. and I was going go to go to Huddersfield until he left to sign for you guys. So, it was, yeah. um, I was more or less just following, following suit and the only person who... The gaffer at Middlesbrough Brian Robson was ever going to sell me to. It was going to be it was going to be his yeah. friend Steve. So it was, it was yeah. like a it was like a a, a a deal for a friend, so to speak. But yeah, it was a, yeah. Yeah, it was a tough uh, tough pl- playing journey home after failing a Yeah, team. I bet it was tough you know f- you fortunately the... <laughs> yeah. things went alright after that. that it? Things happened for a reason, yeah, I believe, yeah. and that's what happens, don't they? But you just touched on there, Craig, you, you said about um an injury, um obviously the injury, you know what I mean? Very high profile injury, which uh, which happened to yourself. So tell the viewers. Obviously, if you in your own words, what you uh, what you went through, um, obviously during that 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 game that that that, that day. Yeah, uh, what it, was happened
3: a, since? it was a strange. It was one of them strange things, you know. I, I, I was recovering from an injury previously, and it was um, got back in the squad in the first team squad with um, at Crystal Palace, and then we were played Newcastle. It was actually strange enough. It was 18 years yesterday, or the day before to the day 9th of January, and um, that I actually played the game. Um, it was, we'd played Newcastle United away in the FA Cup, which is quite strange and ironic. That was my last first team involvement. Um, midweek, uh, I wanted and put myself forward to play in the reserves to get some match fitness, to hopefully be in more contention for the week after. And, and unfortunately, in the reserve game away at Redden, within 20 minutes of the game, you know, it was one of those things, you know, you know Cam, you you know me, I, I never pulled out of a tackle. I was yeah. I was c- quite an aggressive person, quite aggressive player. And um, I was a senior player on that team at the time and there was someone going around kicking people. So I thought, no, I'm not having that, I'm going to kick you, which I did. And then the next opportunity came and the ball bounced between the two and I don't think any were anywhere near the ball. Unfortunately, milliseconds, it was me that had the, um, the compound fracture. of a fib and tib in my left leg, you know, both my fib and tibia come out the skin, and um, there was lots of blood. There was lots of pain. There was lots of people being sick. People, you know. And I was very, very fortunate at the time that the lady physio Claire done a fantastic job. She got on the pitch. She 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 was very calm. She got me in a splint. She got everything sorted out. And you know, and it was one of them things I never forget. I forget it till the day I die. That you know. The I remember sitting up on my hands and you know, sort of sitting up on my backside and lifting my left leg up and and my me, me ankle was just sort of like swaying in the wind, type just rocking back and forth and thinking because I think originally everyone thought that the, the noise was the shin pad being snapped and it actually wasn't it was my fib and tip snapping and you know and the, and, and there's a lot of blood in in it you know and from then on it was just very very strange one because. It didn't actually hurt an awful lot. Your body must just take all adrenaline, and you know, and you know, looks after yourself, and and your body just must you put itself into shock, and, yeah. and it just you just get on with it. And it was one of them things, even to the point of the ambulance came and. The ambulance driver, you know, Claire, the physio, had said, "Look, he's had a compound fracture, he's severed to his left leg. We need to get him to hospital ASAP." And you know, because I wasn't making such a fuss of it, the, you know, the ambulance driver thought, "Oh, surely it's just a gash." You know, there's a lot of blood, so he's had a gash, and he took, he's, he's got the bandage off, and within like seconds, he went, "Whoa, we need, to, we need to get the ambulance, we need to get the hospital as quick as we can." Blue lights on, bang, and gone, and you know, and something similar happened in the A and A in, in the hospital. You know, I had to wait sitting waiting about and until the physio grabbed a senior member of staff and, and showed him my leg and probably within two or three hours I was having an operation because, you know, that type of injury it's 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 more so common in motorbike accidents because of the velocity and the impact and in in what in what, what happens is basically a little bit dramatic, and it would have to go on for a little bit of period of time. But the longer your bone is out of the skin and in contact with the air, there's an the opportunity and a chance that your bone can die, and that means it will not heal in the nevral. would be, you know, amputation. You know, so it was, um, it was
2: quite an emergency and quick operation as as what happened at the time. How aware were you, Craig, that 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 how serious it was? Did anybody yeah. tell you at the time, or did you just know? Um, I knew it was a bad one. I knew it was a bad one. You could always tell by
3: players' reactions, can't you know, yeah. it, it, and everyone. And that was another great job the physio done. You had every player around going, oh, look at that, it's, it's disgusting, blah, blah, blah. Look at that, his bones sticking out, there's blood everywhere, And blah. You know, so you, so you get that and the reaction of players. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew it was a bad one. And, you know, did I know, did I think I wasn't going to play again? I definitely didn't at the time. You know, I remember. I think it was. It might have been the Daily uh, Daily Mirror, and it within. I think it was the next day or so. It was in the newspaper. saying that I probably wouldn't play again. You know, which, which was something that it turned out to be right in the end. But yeah. it's not something you want to read two or three no, days no. after you've had an operation. But um, but not. You know, it wasn't until it wasn't until afterwards, um, probably six to eight months afterwards. Basically, what happened was I'd done my rehab, six, eight, nine months. I think it was. Um, I needed plastic surgery on me, the, the scar, because the scar was quite bad. They took a skin graft off my right thigh to do my left, um, left calf and left shin. Um, and then I was got back to, I think it was nine months later, I got back to slow jogging. I was doing about 10, 12 minutes of constant jogging. It was a, there was a horrific pain, you know, my, you know, go, going through what I went through the burst appendix, which was horrific. That pain was 10 times more than what my broken leg was. And, um, so um, I've got quite a high pain threshold, and mm. I, I just knew it wasn't right, you know. And I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a precious person. I'm, I think I'm quite hardy and quite tough. And I, and I went back to the physio and said, look, this isn't right. There's no way it was like a burning pain on the front of my shin where I just literally, there was tears running down me, not not crying, but the, the uncomfortable pain. There was tears running down my cheeks as I, was, as I was getting the 12, 13, 14 minutes running. And this was no pace, by the way. It was just a, a bog-standard warm-up jogging. Um, went back for a second opinion, and what had happened was the, um, the main bone it healed. Uh sorry, the 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 small bone, which I think if I'm right, might be the fibia. Fibia tibia, whichever was the with the non weight bearing one, it healed before the weight bearing one. And in right. essence I was running on a broken leg still. I still had an inch gap in me in me in the leg and it was only the they put a nail down it, a metal rod down it to support it. And it was only that that was keeping me from not basically my leg collapsing and running with a broken leg. So I think it was after that second opinion, I had to go in, get the whole operation done again. But I also needed a bone graft off my hip as well, which I think in heart of hearts I probably knew then if I was going to come back with such a compl- complicated injury, it would have to be first time and everything had to run smoothly. Yeah, yeah. And for that to happen, you know, it was it was something that, you know, it was it, it was something that I'd constantly had in the back of my head, without without really probably really wanting to think about it. It was something that I thought, and th- this this could be really tricky on this one. Yeah. Uh, one right. thing
2: I, one thing I pick up, Sigh, is 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 how positive Craig is and the good things he says about the club and the physio. Yeah. We've had um, a long conversation on this show about a certain individual at, at Nottingham Forest who. Who wasn't happy that his his career was finished, but by with injury, and said that the club didn't do enough, and um, and I think it was paid out not so long ago. I, listen, injuries are part of the game. They're not a very good, they're not a very nice part of the game. You know what I mean? They're the yeah. awful part of the game because of these of these stories, but sometimes they're unavoidable. And you know what I mean? It's 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 people acting how they act at that time. You know what I mean? In in the care people are shown. You know what I mean? I've had some bad injuries, and and, and you know what. I, owe, I'm close to now the physios who've looked after me with with all that love and all that care, because I feel as though I've got to give something back because of what they did to me, and that's how you that's how you gain relationships. That's how you gain. Uh, it's more than football. It's you know what I mean. It's mm. it's it's pure love. It's pure. It's just it's just I just I just adore people who, who went that extra mile for me because you just yeah. it's just it's brilliant. You know and I, I you know what I mean. I, it was Fry, wasn't it? Who uh, who, who got. Uh, who, who, I think he sued Nottingham Forest, didn't he, for for his injury? And I just it doesn't sit right with me. You know, I listen to you, mm-hmm. listen to Craig. Craig's horror story there about about being injured, but you know what I mean. And 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 that physio will have had to go home that night. And Sheila replayed that over and over and over again. Did she do the right thing? Did she act in the right manner? Did she comfort enough? Did she say the right things? And and then get up and have to do it again. Because that's the mm. job, you know what I mean? And that's the that's the harrowing thing, that's the worrying thing, you know. But that's people do it because they love for players, not for football, not for money. They do it because they love the lads, you know. What I mean, that's what i are, yeah. a group of lads who, who love it. And you know what I mean? Fair play, well, you know what I mean. She sounded like a like a cracking physio and sound like a like a, a real person who did a great job. Yeah, now I was very fortunate to tell
3: time that I had someone who dealt with it really well because it could have been a lot worse than what it was. Fortunately, you know, I can still. Be involved, I still join in the rondos and so on and so forth and have a little kick about when I can. And you know, I can still go out walking and running. And you know, you look at David Boost who had a very similar injury, but his was 10 years earlier. Mm. And obviously, surgical advancements and in procedures over the 10 years was, was was positive for me. But I know for a fact he still walked with a limp in his score and mm. surrender. So, you know, my injury was very, very similar to that. But you know, I'm very fortunate that. You know, it wasn't particularly the injury. It was the, Smith as well. Yes. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was more so the soft tissue um, injury that probably stopped me. Obviously, the bone will heal in time, you know, but it was the because, because the, because the um, bone severed the tendon that runs from your big toe to your knee. Then I lost probably 25 to 35% flexion and power in my left ankle, which that was in, in the end, which I couldn't play at that elite level. You know, which, which, which that in itself. You know, I spent the best part of twenty months in rehab and four injury, four operations, and, in, you know, talk about. I remember that. This is another another memory that I've got that's really strong and really you know I can I can remember like it was yesterday, um, almost being relieved when the surgeon said, Craig, you, you you probably, you know, you're not going to be able to play at that level again. You know, I think you, need to, I think you need to retire and you need to think about something else to do because it'd been 20, 18, 19, 20 months of getting up in the morning myself, you know, getting into training at nine o'clock in the morning, leaving at five o'clock at night and probably spending mm. 75 to 80% of that time by myself, in the physio room, with the physio, getting treatment, you know, and, not you know, it was a lot different back then, you know, it's it's something that I've really, really tried my best to do with injured players to make them feel wanted and, and relevant because then, you know, why why would a why would a championship manager who, who was fighting for his, you know, his job be interested in Craig Harrison who's not going to be fit for at least seven to ten months if I'm going to be fit again? You know, I get that. You know, I get yeah. that, but obviously people's well-being going through that injury myself. You know, and, and, and like I said, it was a very strange conversation with the specialist. It was it was almost a sense of relief that that I was told that Craig you're just gonna have to retire because the the twenty months previous had been living hell. You know, and, and main me, me and Calm have we've, we've kept in touch and, you know, the back end of my Hartlepool days was tough. You know, it was tough mentally, it was tough getting myself through that. But no matter what anyone did or said or could ever do to me involve a football couldn't even touch the sides of what I went through and how I got through myself through that twenty months of of um of of me getting on with it. So so it doesn't matter what anyone says or did, you know, it couldn't even touch the sides. So it was one of them that was like it it was water off a duck's back, which which is a positive, you know, because mm. if you get in the chat if you get in coaching and management, you know, I think it was Lenny Lawrence. Cam, who obviously, who, who you had great, great connection with at Cardiff, and yeah. Lenny said as part of the pro license course that, I, that was on that you're not a real manager till you've been sacked three times. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Craig, I got there's a couple of questions from the
3: <clears throat> live chat about
1: your injury. If that's all right, um, yeah, no problem. A bit, a bit earlier on, Donna asked. Um, this was right at the start of the show. She asked if um, your injury is kind of recovered enough now that you'd be able to play, sort of you know like fun like sunday league games or whatever
3: yeah i've been fortunate too yeah you know i've made an excuse for a long time i've just been lazy you know but you know but um it's something that recently in lockdown i've i've done a lot of walking and and started running again and in and, and looking after myself a bit better so i'm i'm hoping that I can you know when when we're all out of this i can get involved with over 40s football and, and vets football again and, and it's yeah it's you know, I obviously I didn't have the dynamism as what Andy did, but I could just sit there and play. I wouldn't be moving very far. But but I, I it's that, you know, i I really want to get back involved with with the whole thing. And and like I said earlier, you know, I, I love I love when there's a there's a man down in training and I need to join in for a passing drill or I need to join in for a rondo or whatever it may be. It's 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 you know it's still it still gets your juices flowing and, and I still don't want to get beaten any of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well on, Craig's um, coming there, Sykes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Craig sent me a uh, Craig sent me a picture um, of um, how much weight he'd lost. You know what I mean? How fit he'd got, okay. how healthy he'd got. You know I mean? Not so long ago, probably about a month ago, and yes, yeah. unbelievable, absolutely scary amount. Of, you know what I mean? Of weight he's lost and how healthy he looks. And you know what I mean? You, you know yourself, don't you? Because you feel healthy, you feel good about yourself, and you want to continue, don't you? Doing all the walking yeah. and and doing stuff and joining and training. It just gives you a lot more energy and. And then when you've got kids and things, you can it just gives you, it just makes you feel better about yourself. And just keep it up, because Whatever you're doing, working for you, and you know what I mean. Being able and being healthy is just the the main, the main thing at the minute, especially with, with what you've been through in your life and in your football career, especially. Yeah,
1: it um, was Leslie asked, uh, would that injury today uh, finish a player's career, or is it in, like more advanced now? Because he said obviously years ago there was injuries which finished. Yeah. Good- which don't now. If
3: yeah, yeah, I understand completely, you know, because as I just alluded to earlier, I think obviously David Boost received an injury pretty similar to mine ten years previous. I think it was to when I'd done mine. So it's um I I think I think they would have a stronger chance, you know, because obviously, you know, medical science has moved on quite a bit, you know, the procedures have moved on quite a bit. It's it's one of them things that um I would like to think it would. But I think it's just individually. Like I said, I was very, very unfortunate that the, it was. It wasn't the actual breaking of the leg. It was the soft tissue damage. That you know, no, no doubt, if I had wanted to, I could have probably went on and played at a, at a semi-professional or, or lower level in some way, shape, or form. But at the time, I, I chose not to. It was the you know, after the after the sort of the. The high, if you like, of being put out me misery of being told i don 't have to rehab every every day for the next God knows how long then within probably four to six weeks, there was a massive low and in dark depression setting in quite quickly when the realism of of that your boyhood dream and, and like I said earlier as well, you know that there's such a small percentage of people getting a position of myself or like cams does have t- that taken away mm. for no fault of my own then it, it, it's a it's, um, it, it's, it's really tough and it took me probably uh, it took me years to get over it it probably mm. only took me um, until probably 18 months or two years ago that I actually realised that I, I'd, I'd had to go and, and speak to a professional counsellor about it because I was still carrying it in some way shape or form Yeah,
1: uh, Matthew Angel sort of asked the question which you've basically just answered he said how did the injury uh, and having to retire affect your mental health and your well-being Obviously, you've you've kind of answered that just there, but also you alluded to earlier um, that you were very angry when you came out with the game. How did you deal with that
3: going forwards? <laughs> Not very well at the time, to be honest. You know, it, you know, I, I, I was—I must have been an absolute nightmare to live with. You know, and, and, and subsequently, you know, that ended a long-term relationship with a with a past partner. Um, I closed myself off to parents and sister. You know, I remember on, on more than one occasion on a on a Christmas, sitting at home by myself, uh, eating beans on toast for my Christmas dinner, and not opening the door, answering my telephone, anybody. You know, it was it got. You know, I had a little bit of a spell before that where I went out drinking too much and had a good time, and you know, and then the then the the lows from the highs was, was, was um, horrific. It was, you know, I, I didn't go, I didn't have an awful lot of support from the PFA. I didn't have support from a, a club doctor that I'd left. I didn't have support from any of the streams that, you know, the main charity who at this moment in time play a real, you know, the, the response sponsor of Conor Nomads at this moment in time. And the, one of the coaches is doing a fantastic job on Twitter, doing a, 150 miles running over in January and sponsorship for, you know, the main charities. It, it was, um, it was, um, I just got on with it. I just got on with it. I got on with it and that was it was tough, you know, and I, and I was very, very fortunate that I had good good family and friends around us at the time because I look back at what I could have ended up doing, you know, end up having drink problems, having drug problems, having, you know, gambling problems, having debt problems. I was very, very fortunate that, you know, I'd invested my money reasonably well that I'd made at that time. Uh, I'm not a drinker, I'm not a gambler. You know, and and I think um, I just love football again. And but for two, three years afterwards, I couldn't even watch a game. I couldn't watch a game. I wouldn't talk about football. I'd cut myself off from all my football friends because I didn't want to talk about football. It was one of them things that you know. Now, you know, there's 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 lots and lots and lots of you know avenues you can go down for support. But it, it was one of them things that you just got on with it. And, and like I said. Fortunately, me, me mum, my dad, my sister, and, and friends, and and my current partner Danielle, um, who I met after that. You know, if I hadn't have been for them, then I would have been. I, I certainly wouldn't have been where I am today.
2: Which is great, though, Craig. You know, I mean, I mm. I'd say, I. I I see your, how close you are to your family you know what I mean I, I've seen met your sister through social media and I've, I've had a few conversations about, about stuff and about you, you know what I mean? making sure you, you were alright back, back in the day and stuff and it, it's great mm-hmm. though is it you know what I mean because family plays a huge part in people's lives and I think sometimes you, you don't always realise yourself do you until you really need them and you really rely on mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean you take them for granted sometimes but then sometimes you, you don't realise realize how lucky you are at times that you've got those mechanisms to support and, and help you get through these tough times now without a doubt, like I
3: said, you know, there's no shadow of a doubt. If it hadn't been for me, my dad, my sister, friends, you know, and like I said, and meeting meeting my current partner, Danielle, you know, got a lovely little girl now and you know, I couldn't be any happier. and, and I'm I'm very, very lucky. I I met Danielle at the time I did and you know, and it it that has been a huge, huge Bonus from you know you talk about yes you know it was it was horrific what I went through and it was and, and it was you know every every boy's dream to be a professional footballer Premier League football that's mm. taken away from you but you know sometimes you know there's the, the bigger picture and the and the mm. and the better good because I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be where I was now and who I'm with now and what I'm doing now if that hadn't happened to me without yeah, a shadow of doubt. Totally agree. Not
2: so little girl, by the way. She's not so little. Yeah, yeah. No, so nah, she's not so you know, little. I'm very, very not lucky. So I'm very... Little. Not so little. You know, she, she's my life. <laughs> uh, I'd like to touch on, obviously, you know what I mean, I know we're, we're running over a little bit. Um, I'd like to touch on management, Craig, because management, obviously, you said at the start, management over playing because management, you've had so many successes. It's absolutely scary. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? The most coveted manager uh, in Welsh. Premier League history, the amount of trophies you've won, league, league cups, FA cups, the equivalent in Wales. Um obviously success follows you around because uh, you left TNS as a league winner. You then you then obviously joined a club um who subsequently won the league straight away, which tells a bigger story to me personally and to everybody else, but um what's the story behind success? What's the story behind Craig Harrison's success?
3: I think it's just, you know, it's Hard work, you know. Hard work, drive, desire. You know the, the the thing that drives me on and still drives me on now is is I think also as well is the the actual the sense of injustice of me having to finish my career through no fault of me on a twenty four or twenty six year old, and then that that drive every day. I can honestly say now that that makes me want to get up and be involved and be the most successful person I can be in football. Still now, I've been involved as manager coach for 10 years now. And even now, for the last 18 months, two years, I've been assistant manager, which is a different, a different job completely. But I've still got the same drive to, to try and um, make Conor Nomads the best club that can be, to support the manager, who's doing a fantastic job. I'm very fortunate. I've got great staff you know, Andy Morrison, which which a lot of people know on the on, yeah. on the on the show was Captain of Man City. We're, v- we're very similar in the same way as in what we what we believe in. Hard work, attention to detail. Um believe if you do the right thing, you'll get um you will get your just desserts. Um all them things were, we're very, very similar in them in their manners and leaving no stone unturned, as I say, preparation, and, and giving everything you've got every mm. single day and every single time you turn up for a training session, whether that be doing a five-a-side with the lads, whether that be doing team shape, whether that being from an assistant's role, is just just assisting the manager, just doing what you can to assist the manager. It might mm. not be an awful lot at that time, but I I, I love it, and in, I in, in, um, in, um, do everything I can with the utmost enthusiasm and the utmost... Standards of doing it the best I can, and I always have done. First in, last away as a manager, with TNS, and you know, and, and I was very, very fortunate. Um, you know, I think you missed one out there, though. It's a world record there, Cam. I think. It's yeah, I'm going to mention that in a minute. <laughs> I was going to talk about that
2: separately. One thing you picked. One thing. One thing I will say. Um, you know, what I mean, imagine being, imagine being a player side at Connors Key. You've got Craig Allison, yeah. Premier League footballer. Um, you know what I mean played at a young age you've got Andy Morrison absolutely pff, lethal defender he was mm-hmm. probably one of the toughest opponents I, I, think, I think I played against you know what I mean he, he, I'm, I'm talking more probably um, attitude over ability you know what I mean never say die attitude wore his heart in his sleeve you wore that captain's armband with pure pride and determination he was just a, a born winner and just someone that you would love to not see on the team sheet when, when the managers come in from his two o'clock team talk and And stuff, but no, it must be amazing. But yeah, you just mentioned it. There's something that obviously we spoke about, uh, me and Uh, Sai. World record holder. Tell us about that, because not everyone's a world record holder. You know what I mean? There's two people on this uh, on the show, one, but one of us are. So which one is it?
3: Yeah, it was. You know, it was something that you know. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's a little bit different, but it was very, very fortunate with TNS to 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 win 27 straight games. And um, we took the, uh, I think it was Ajax who had the, yeah, the record before with 25, I think it might have been. And uh, I think it was the 2016 2017 season. I think it was a year before I left to go to Hartlepool. And yeah, it was, you know, we just, we, we just went on a, a massively you know, unbelievable run and, and, and we just kept winning and winning and winning. I think we've got about 20 games winning and I think someone mentioned it Actually, I didn't have a clue about it. Yeah, when did, when, I, did, when, you know, when did you hear about it? When did you hear it was possible? I think it was 20 games because the Ajax re- record was 25. So I think someone mentioned it that, you know, you do realise you only need to win another five games to to um, go level with Ajax and winning the most top-level games as in the top-level league you're playing in. You know, what were so, those yeah. what were
2: those five games like then? What what was the first game like? That was a did it feel as though there was more pressure on it to win?
3: Yeah, I think it did a little bit, yeah. It it did a little. I was very, very fortunate, you know, I had very, very good players, you know, fantastic players. So, you know, I can't I can't take yeah, I can't take most of the adulation and the credit myself. You know, that has to go to the players and We had the fantastic group of players. You know, so it was um it was something that it, it was, you know, we we're very, very fortunate. We, we'd, we'd won a lot of, of trophies in the five years I'd been there previously, so we were, we were had a really good winning mentality. So there was, there was a little bit more pressure. And I think, obviously, I think when it comes to the twenty fifth game, and you've equalled it, and then to surpass it, then I think that's when, that's when there's a little bit of pressure. And we actually, when we actually broke the record, it was away to uh, Kevin Druids, and it was, I think. It never got celebrated as much as what it should have done because um, me being me, we were still in the middle of a season and we hadn't won anything. So, well done, lads, few high fives. But by the way, we need to get back at it on Monday morning. And you know, <laughs> it, it, it once once we win the league and once we win a trophy and once we win another trophy, because we on the back of a double treble, we'd won the league, the league cup, and the FA Cup two years in a row. But previous to that, um. And it was only getting beaten in the Welsh Cup final to make it a treble treble, which had obviously never been done either. So but we um we hadn't won anything. So it was like, Yeah, well done lads, you know, but you do realise Monday morning we'll be going through the same routine and when it comes to the end of the season and we never really celebrated it as much as what we probably should have. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, don't get me wrong, it wasn't it wasn't the, the same feat as Ajax would have done, you know, European Giants, you know, playing against some big teams. But, you know, it was, everything's all relative. And we're playing in the, the, the domestic Premier mm-hmm. League of Wales, the highest, the flagship league of the mm-hmm. of, of Welsh football. And, you know, and to, I can't see being done again by anybody. Yeah, well,
2: I'm know, just what I just want to ask that there. Competitive football, competitive football, isn't it? You know, I mean, I looked at Ajax, was it yesterday they played PSV? And I think they were 2-0 down after five, six minutes. You know what I mean? that This is, this is how difficult football is you know what I mean you're seeing how competitive your league is now currently you know what I mean there's there's teams bringing in marquee players there's players dropping down levels there's players wanting to play local there's teams getting better there's European football to play football. there's you know what I mean there's there's weather to contend with there's, there's, there's different pitches listen there's loads of factors which could go against you on any given day then there's the odd refereeing decision, the odd mistake by an official, the odd mistake by a player and all that hard work for 24 games we go out the window, you know, it's just, yeah. it's so, I mean, it's, it's such an achievement and, you know what I mean, Suddby is absolutely massively proud of it because, like you say, you know I mean, it's going to take, if it is beaten, it's going to take some achievement to beat it and, and if it does, then it's, it's also, it's some amazing feat, isn't it, because records are there to be broken, records are there to be, to be, to be shot down at but, you know what I mean, there's, there's a lot of hard work what goes into the start and the end point of that.
3: Yeah, I think that's why, you know, when you asked us earlier on,
2: playing on managing, I think, you know, that's probably, you know,
3: I've been very, very fortunate through my managing coaching career. I said about it earlier, you know, I've I've been a manager in 15, 14, 14 Champions League games. You know, I've, I've been assistant manager in, in four Champions League games. I've been assistant manager in, in um, another four, sorry, six Europa League games. You know, well, it's 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 been amazing. I've got uh, I've been involved mm. with a world record breaking team. You know, I've 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 as a manager I've won 18 trophies with it with 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 one team and and now with Key we've won two trophies in the last two years. and I've been involved with it. You know, obviously you know that we, we all talk about these good times. Hartlepool was a you know was a was a bit of a, a you know a kick in the teeth if you like, but. You know, it is one of them things that you know, I had had my hands tied behind my back a lot of the time with things going off the field. But you know, all them things and, and by the way, that, that the the year I spent at Hartlepool probably learnt as much as what I'd what I had in the previous five or six years of being manager because you don't always learn from winning games. You were you learn from being tough times and not making the same mistake again and you know, and the strange bit about it is is that I'm a better person, I'm a better Coach, I'm a better manager than what it was the before I went to Hartlepool, and I was get I had quite a high profile from the Welsh system with TNS, with winning lots of things and breaking records, you know. But without a shadow of a doubt, i um, now I'm better out from the experience with Hartlepool because you know there were there was some there were some bad experiences, or some not so good experiences. It don't have to be that, you know it's valuable experiences. So.
2: Well, that's a great way to finish our chat, uh, Craig. Because obviously that 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 answers a lot of people's questions, and I didn't want to ignore the fact. You know what I mean? I'm not going to hide behind it. Cause I know. I know how proud you are that you that you took the opportunity. I know how proud you are that you that you give it a go. And not everything went 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 for you. Well, hardly anything went for you. You know what I mean? You were. You were very successful the first month. I'm sure you got manager in the month for the first month or two of the season. Uh,
3: that it started off. Uh, I started pretty poorly. Then I think we went 12 games unbeaten. I think we won nine of them. And mm-hmm. yeah, I got manager in the month in November time. And you know, and then there's no coincidence that you no, know, the the owner decided he was going to take his money out, and players were told the following week that they might not get paid on the following pay day. And then it sort of all you know, sorta fell apart from there. Obviously I made mistakes myself. I would never I would never dodge that one out, you know, without a shadow of doubt made mistakes. But, you know, it, it all coincides with, you know, as you know and as any walk of life and any any job, if you're if you're tall, you don't know whether you're gonna get paid at the end of your month your salary. You know that you know, and at that level you're not talking about thousands of pounds a week, you're not talking about people who've got savings, you're talking yeah. about players that are getting hundreds of pounds a week in in living from month to month. And also, you know, from my point of view, moving my family 160 miles away from northwest of Chester, and then into Durham and, and, and going through that as well. So yeah, totally you know, that, was the, that, that was the downside to it. But mm. you know, you live and learn, and I, you know, I don't regret it. I don't regret one bit. There's only one thing I regret is that you know, putting my family through some of the stuff they went through. You know, but but apart from that, it it was um, it yeah. it was it was something that it was valuable. Sorry, invaluable in May coaching journey and managing journey without a shadow. Of yeah. i will definitely learn from that and be a
2: better coach manager through it yeah uh, right we're going to finish off craig there's going to be uh, i'm going to pick three random questions so massive apologies yep. if i don't uh, mm. if i don't pick the questions that there's some. <coughs> we've had we've had absolutely tons we've had loads and thank you very much for for the questions uh, one I picked out. So obviously, Mikkel Beck sorting out um, this uh, amazing opportunity, this amazing game at the Riverside for yeah. um, for the NHS workers and trying to raise some money. Will Craig Harrison be making an appearance on the hallowed turf at the Riverside?
3: Yes, one hundred percent.
2: Great answer. You know, what I mean, when I first heard about this, we're going to uh, Mikkel and Jan have both agreed to come on the show. We've we've decided to save it. A little bit closer to the time so we can try and yeah. sell the game to, to people. Not that it needs selling by the way, I mean um just uh, just another promote advertising, you know I mean for yeah, promote it and get some get some get some get some people drumming in because do you know what? The idea the the brought to the table is just absolutely fantastic. And Dave Roberts as well, by the way, I don't want to ignore Dave. Yeah. Dave's a, a good friend of mine and um, and he's done some done some great work, done some great work for Red Army TV and um and and the passion he's got for the area of Middlesbrough and the northeast is is second to none. Is absolutely brilliant and a uh, great way that you're going to be involved Um because it's a, uh, it's it's a big thing, Craig, isn't it? For for yeah. people in the local area to reminisce about good times. Yeah, you know, you look at it. Why do you know? You look. There's.
3: We were very very lucky. I think you only look back, don't you, now and realise. You know, the era we went through. You know, a to have a manager, of Brian Robson's elk. You know, a boyhood hero of mine. But play with Paul Gascoigne, Paul Lince, Ravanelli, Juninho, Emerson, Paul Merson, who. Was so underrated. What a player he was, you know. Andy Townsend, you know, and all the fantastic professionals were played with. Mark Schwarzer, you know, Nigel Pearson, Kurt Fleming, Robbie Musto, Steve Vickers, Derek White, you know. Yeah. It got Alan Moore. It goes on and on and on. we so. I think you know, I think we only realise now. Well, I certainly do. When you look at the list of players in the squad and the players were played with that got promoted in that team, you know, very, 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 very fortunate and I can't yeah. wait to
2: get I can't wait for it and I hope it happens sooner and more late rather than yeah. later once all this is done. Totally agree. So that was a, that was a question about playing. I'm going to, uh, I yeah. think, one uh, about managing. Um, there's yeah. been a question. I'm not sure I've missed something here, by the way, so apologies oh. if, he, if he hasn't been to give, given the sack today, but would you take the Cardiff City job? <laughs> I don't think he's been sacked, well, by the way. He's him, g- you, know, <laughs> it,
3: it, it, you obviously realise Cam, you know we're close, we speak quite regular and it's something that um, uh, really I'm not done completely I love my job at this moment in time, I love working with Connors Key, I love working with Andy I love working with MJ and I love working with the players and and we've done something really special by breaking the monopoly of TNS for the last eight, nine years and, and we've had some great you know, wins in U- Europa League and in Champions League football, but it's certainly something, if 43 years old, that I'm certainly not done with. You know, when, when I do get the opportunity and the, right, the right one comes along, then, you know, I'll be better than I was before and I'll grasp it with two hands and, and I'll move forward. But at this moment in time, like I said, it is something that, that I really enjoy. I really enjoy getting on the grass with the lads. I enjoy the different relationship because, as you know, Coaches and assistants have got a lot of different relationships with players than what the manager has. At the end of the day, the manager, you know, picks a team and he's got to be a bit more distant and you know, and, and, and your coaches and assistant managers can have a, a good relationship with players. Not a, good, a better relationship or a closer relationship. But yeah, it's um, it's certainly something that I'm I, I am missing a little bit but you know, at this moment in time I I'm, I really enjoy what I'm doing, but like I said, you know, without a shadow of a doubt there'll be another opportunity for me around the corner at some point and I'll take full
2: advantage of it. Great show. And finally, last question, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna steal steal people's thunder. Um last question. If Craig Iverson had to pick one moment out of his career, that's football and management, which is the best highlight of his career?
3: Just the one. Yeah,
2: please, just one. Can I, can I have just one? Can I have one playing in one Oh, Sai, what do you reckon? Can we? Yeah, go on. We'll go give you it. Since <laughs> you've given us loads of time, we'll give you it. Yeah, know. the
3: the the, the playing one is is obviously got to be being Premier League debut against Leeds United. It was um it was it was fantastic. You know it, it was it, like I said, it's a dream for any any young boy to play in the Premier League.
2: Who did you mark? Who did you mark out the
3: game that day? Uh, it, was a, it was a 0-0 board draw. And, I, and um not, sure
2: not, not for you it wasn't though
3: no. yeah it wasn't, I was not place you know harry Q played and harry Kool, know, gary and, gary it, kelly it, yeah and dave hopkin as well was playing mm, a I little bit cocked yeah. on the right so it was it, it was a fantastic experience and i think um i as as a manager it's it's being um, it's standing there listening to champions league music when you've been standing there being the manager of a of a football club, in uh, uh, knowing that, that you know you're in charge of this this team right here, right now.
2: I love listening to that on the TV side, so never mind listening yeah. to it stood on the side. That must be even better. Just like yeah, his quality. I might just play it tonight just to make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, personally, for me, no mate, I, I hope everything works out. You've been a, a cracking guest. Some of the comments, by the way, have um, been absolutely phenomenal. Um, the people who watch the show, you know, I mean, the numbers that we're getting are just. Side so blew my mind last night with the numbers, so please continue to watch and give, keep giving us feedback. Keep telling us what you want us to do because it's um this is a doddle by the way talking to people who I enjoy talking to is absolutely amazing. Brilliant, not a problem. Like I said as
3: well, also as well, I just you know on social media as well, you know I'm a big advocate of mental health and you know and uh, the things I went through. Uh, anyone wants to follow me on my Twitter, on my Instagram, I'm, I've got an open box for anybody. So if they want to need to have a chat, need to go through a tough time. Obviously, lockdown is tough for everybody, you know. But if um, if I do can you know do, your,
2: anything, do you know your it, handle, Craig? Do you know your Twitter handle if people want to follow um, you? Oh, give give us loads a, of numbers in it.
3: I've... G- give us a second, and I'll, I'm actually just on it now. So um, yes, it is Craig Ha zero two five three one seven four six. There we go. So it's Craig Ha zero two five three one seven four six.
2: It's got a beautiful
3: it's, picture of a beautiful man on it. Yeah, uh, looking, <laughs> looking a lot trimmer than what I have done. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, now nah, it's it's a real tough time for everybody, but certainly you know, it, you know, it's whatever I can do, whatever I support, I can give anybody. You know, it's 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 open, and I'm um, I just um, want everyone to stay safe and and, and keep plodding on and and you know and, and keep. We'll get there soon.
2: Great way to finish, mate. I couldn't have put it better myself. Sai says it week in week out, mate. So I'm really pleased that that you've that uh, you've said that without. Uh... Yeah.
1: yeah. Stop my thunder. <laughs> Sorry,
2: uh, Sai. Uh, Sorry, Sai. Si. A... I've I've,
3: I've am... spoken too long, haven't I? You've not. in no, no. I am.
1: That suited me today, mate, because I'm still recovering. So I was quite happy. Listen, I was loving it listening to you two and exchange stories and just hearing you talk, Craig, is a real, real <laughs> enjoyable show tonight. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for giving us so much extra time as yeah. well. I really appreciate it. Craig, you bear kept... in
2: mind Sai's been pooly all week. Sai was si wasn't great. gonna make today's Sweat show. Si all was gonna, week uh, week. Yeah, Sai wasn't gonna make today. He was, oh, gonna, well. he was gonna set it up. Let us and let us roll good. with it. So it's, it's nice to have him on. It's nice to have him back to normal. We uh we work really well like, I really enjoy his input Yeah, so nah, It's, it's been great
3: nice. It. I've watched a lot of the shows previously and uh, that it's, it's brilliant. I enjoy it and and May long continue. Uh, top know, man it's a great it's a great show keep going boys
1: um so subscribe to the YouTube channel first and foremost. we'll be back on Friday for the championship show We'll be back next Monday with an all new guest Danny Batten Friday so Wednesday super Kevin scripted tomorrow but uh, most importantly, big thank you to bespoke Financial for sponsoring today's show as ever. I encourage you to uh, to give them a call and uh, check out some of the offers and financial Things that they offer, they uh, have are offering, if I can get my words out, a free will worth £140 with any new policy which is uh, taken out at the moment. So check them out, give them a call and don't miss out on what is a cracking offer. And of course, as ever, a massive thank you to, uh, to Martin and Black Diamond Sports for all the support around the show. And uh, indeed, we'll be back Friday for the Championship Show and I've got a feeling it's going to be interesting. I'll try not to be angry, uh, although judging by the last couple of Fridays, that's probably <laughs> not going to happen. Thank you so much to everyone who, uh, who's commented and uh, everything as well. And also, I apologise because there was a lot of questions which yeah. we didn't do to tonight. It was just yeah. so many of them between the three three uh, platforms. Uh, and Matthew Angel just said, uh, Andy, do you,
2: I because he did ask it as well. He, he did, did, I did read that. Sorry, Matthew. There we go. Disgraceful. He ignored yeah, no. you. Man. I didn't. I, did. I, I was scrolling up and down. I read it. I just didn't. Didn't. Sorry, mate. I, I really apologise for
1: that. He's big oh, time well. in you, mate. It's big time. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs>
1: Thanks very much, Craig. Andy, no it's a pleasure. And uh, to everyone else, thank you for your time. We'll be back. Make sure you join us.
0: My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. After an hour Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Podcast Network.